Hey, what's going on, everybody? Man here, and we are back once again with another Enterchassment uh, episode of the Enterchassment podcast. Uh, this is, what, 45? And uh, if you can't tell, we are feeling a little bit festive today, and that's because uh, Christmas is just right around the corner. Um, unfortunately, before we... Uh, well, actually, our next episode would be for the Chazzies, if you guys didn't know, which is our kind of our own kind of uh, annual Game of the Year kind of show. But uh, we wanted to kind of do our holiday special just a little bit early, just to make sure we kind of squeaked it in there. Oh, real quick, here are my buddies, Metal Gamer and Phoenix. As you can see, they are... Uh, a humbug. Yeah, Phoenix doesn't look too happy to be here. <laughs> but uh, how, how yeah. are you guys doing since the last episode, since we talked? I want some sleep. Um, I remember what we talked about last time. Feels like forever ago. <laughs> last time we talked what? We talked some Venom. We talked some uh, Game of the Year. Or, or We kind of wrapped up our our kind of thoughts for Game of the Year, right? I think so. Something like that. Oh, right. that's right. That's right. Mm. Um, Real quick, if you guys want to know what we got going for today, me and Phoenix each have a game we're going to talk about. Um, then we're going to kind of jump into speedrun news as always. Um, this week we don't have any highlights from the Horde simply because I wanted to at least get us to talk about a little bit about the Game Awards, which is coming up on the 7th, which is what? Oh, Thursday, just a couple of days. And then uh, we also are going to be talking about some Scott Pilgrim takes off. If you guys didn't know, that's... Uh, kind of uh, near and dear to some of some of our hearts right well, i think all of us pretty much if anyone's been on the show um oh, real quick i did want to also throw out there um i finally am almost done with my newest dragon ball video i know tomatoes mm -hmm. tomatoes in chat get, mm -hmm. getting hurled at me right about now. time yeah nice. i finally i finally in socials kind of put it out there trying to put more pressure on myself to knock it out quicker than than what i said but uh yeah hopefully have that out and hopefully maybe the next week or two so keep an eye out for that um so i don't know do you guys just want to go right into uh something i kind of played recently go for it okay well if you guys don't know these two fellers have a uh, kind of some experience that with works. uh let me turn off the music. Uh, kind of have some experience with uh, a game called Super Mario RPG. It is uh, something... Where you're elders. Yeah. yeah, I feel kind of old now that you mention it. Like, a new Super Mario RPG. Back in my day, there was only 16 bits. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, were the console when, wars. When, when did the first one come out? That was, was that not, probably mid-90s, right? Yeah, Super uh, Nintendo. Yeah. No. Like 95, 96. So yeah, I was, like, yeah, like 94, 95. So I was probably three years old when that came out. So needless to say, I don't think I was probably old enough to be digging into like super intricate RPGs or any, anything of the sort. But um, yeah, just recently, um, Super Mario RPG, the remake came out. And uh, I don't know, I'm super excited to get to talk about it with these guys simply because they have such a, a background on... Um, the og stuff and i'm kind of you know first experiencing it with the the kind of kind of a modern take um i guess just to kind of throw it out there i mean like i really enjoyed it it's super fun i kind of like see how it's uh i think phoenix has said right it's like one of your favorite games ever or was it at least or did you always always call it your that favorite super mario game just Super Mario game. There's not be metal in general. No, not in general. Yeah. Like I, I still uh, enjoy like the platformers a little more though. Um, I don't know. I think metal probably has a, a more nostalgic, favorable um, oh, yeah. kind of perspective on it. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot when I was a kid, but 
I think I was more Final Fantasy than I was even uh, Mario RPG at that time. So I don't know. I'll, I'll let Metal kind of take this one. I think he's probably got more to say about this one than I do. Well, just... yeah, I'll probably ask a, a bunch okay. of things because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'll I'll play it soon enough. I didn't mm-hmm. order it. You can ask ask um, away. Well, what 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 do you want to know? Uh, well, go ahead and put your take on it, and then we'll get into discussion on it. I had a ton of fun with it. I, you know, I, I'm very weird with my turn-based RPGs. There's like some cases where I love them, and there's other cases where I get annoyed by some of them. And I actually felt like this one I ended up really enjoying. It's very cutesy. I love all of the the animations, all of the audio cues from like the OG Mario games are kind of sprinkled in everywhere. Um, I don't know. And out of like a really like nice story, uh, was this the is this the first game that kind of uh maybe introduced the idea of Bowser playing on the good side? Yes, because I know he's done because that. A times. I remember back in the day when I first played this game when he first joined your party at Booster Booster's Tower. Ah, Booster's so cool. And, he's so funny. Uh, like I remember when that happened for the first time and I was like, Oh my god, as a kid, I was like, Yo, Bowser's normally like the enemy. And in this game, he becomes your ally. It's like, what is this nonsense? So like, yeah, this is the the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Cause I think there's other Mario games that have done that, right? Because I've later played, on. I've never way played the Paper Mario's. On. I don't know if the Paper Mario's did that of any new app. Uh, do I remember Paper Mario? No, I don't think any of the Paper Marios. He had, he was an ally of any sort. Hmm. I think he was just like a like a like a like a hilarious secondary character being a a, a goofball. Hmm. It um, but yeah, like like I said, it because I think this was developed originally right by not by Square Enix but by Square Soft. This is from the early days before mm-hmm. they became Enix. So yep. I. I definitely feel like sprinkled throughout you can kind of uh kind of see a lot of the the dna from those games um but i i appreciate that it's that it isn't really uh, obvious i don't know throughout most of the experience now towards the very end <coughs> towards the very end of the game it really be like once you start getting to weapon world it becomes obvious it's like oh this is kind of like a final fantasy type ending because, you know, Final Fantasy games, they always throw, like, the gauntlet at you towards the end, where they mm-hmm. introduce you to some new world, and then you face, like, eight bosses in a row. At least I feel like that, like, like Kingdom Hearts did that, where it's like, oh, the world's falling apart, you face ten monsters in a row, I don't know. But um, Well, think of it like this, like, during the time this came out, this was, and, and a lot of people could probably vouch for this as well, um, this was during a time where all of the best rpgs came out during this time so the same team that probably did final fantasy 7 and a few others four five six Mm -hmm. and all like all of those um you know rpgs did this game as well so you'll Mm -hmm. probably find like the music is pretty relatively similar to like kingdom hearts well guess what it sounds identical to i kept thinking of kingdom hearts throughout the entire yeah you know why right that's the, Probably that's the same her. composer. It's the yeah. same composer. Yeah. And then you get like a few other people who did actually the original, you know, probably the programming or whatever. Um, they they were behind this. So a lot of that, like you said, the same DNA is in this game. And it's for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like a lot of that stuff is in this game from well, at least from what I've remembered. Um, if I played it, I mean, watching this right now, I'm just like excited because this is like, yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't get this game any sooner. Um, but. I would actually say since you bring, you know, composer up so early, that's probably the best thing mm-hmm. about the game in my the, opinion. The music, the soundtrack is amazing. Absolutely, like the 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 redone versions of like OG Super Mario songs from one, you know, two, three. Uh, <laughs> and war- world and everything. Now, now that I think about it, um, I wonder if it is actually her who did it because I don't know. I won't be surprised if they got her again. They probably Yoko did. Shim- they got Yoko Shimomura, which is the the girl who did it, mm. and it looks like she was she a part of this one. Again? Well, it looks you, get, no, you she did be the careful original. because remember the. The big hubbub with this game, which I actually noticed when I finished it, is that at the very end, when you get to the credits, I'm sure Phoenix is know what I'm, knows what I'm talking about, but like when you get to the to the end of the game, I would like one of the first things it says is we would like to thank the contributions of the original development staff, which it's like ha, they remember they, they did that, huh? That was the big issue. Is a lot of people were like, you couldn't like name anybody. Put names out, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so really strange I'm not surprised she might not have been brought back if that's all the recognition the original staff was getting. Which, well, so, yeah, it says uh, here the arrangements were obviously the arrangements were done by her. Um, so like, da, 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 yeah, Super Mario RPG uh, 1996. Mm-hmm. So that's the compositions, but it doesn't show anything for 2023. As a matter of fact, she's probably doing Kingdom Hearts 4. That's what just Kingdom TBA. Hearts 4 apparently is a TBA. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anywho. But uh, yeah, she's the original, so you know she's fantastic. Mm. But yeah, that like kind I said, of, I think um, speaks to one of my I don't know if concerns or hesitations about this game. Like, I feel like a lot of what makes this game so good is what the original team did. It's the original game, right? So mm-hmm. beyond the facelift, like what have they added to this? I know they've done a few quality of life things from my research and whatnot. I think that's been my hesitation why I didn't run out and pick it up immediately. I know I'm, I'm going to borrow Chaz's now that he's wrapped up, but um, I don't know. Like I, I'm interested in playing the game, but at the same time, I'm like, I played this game. I could still go out and play this game. Like, what is this offering me? Like, I think that's why Burns almost more did not give any credit to the original developers, at least not in a more um, forthcoming way. Because I feel like any credit or any... Um, What's it, how do I want to say this? Any uh, critical uh, claim that this game gets at this point should all be attributed back to the original developers. Because like mm-hmm. what they've done now is just cleaned it up a little bit, at least from what yeah. I can tell. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they did. It's definitely going to open up and expose the game to you know a new generation who would never even touch the SNES game, which is great. But to then kind of, you know, slide or give slight to the um, or shade to the old developers that way rose me the wrong way. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess we won't really know for sure. I mean, um, I guess I mean, I'll play it. And I'll be able to tell some of the differences in metal whenever you get around to it. Maybe oh, yeah. you'll be able to tell. Because um, I know right now, Chad's perspective is just from the new ones. It's so just you probably won't be able to say yeah. where the differences are. Yeah. I think there's more differences than I know. <laughs> but when the, just watching the game and every screenshot I've seen, I'm like, that looks like a one-for-one shot for oh, this yeah. section of the last game. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Which is cool. Uh, I don't know. Just rubbing the, the only... way in some, some ways. Yeah, I think from what I saw, and I, I didn't watch much because I didn't want to, like, I shouldn't say spoil, um, because I, you can't really spoil an old game, like, unless mm-hmm. you 
you know, you played it a million times. I beat it until to from just judging by the HP at this level, your HP shouldn't even be that high in the original. The original was like, I don't know, like 15, something well, ridiculously low. Well, that's why I was and telling you guys. They, or good. No, I was going to say, they. if anything, they, they, they added a lot more, like, I, I would say difficulty in a certain sense. Um, but I wouldn't know until I play it. Because I know when I finished a game originally, it, the highest level you can get was uh, 30, I think it was. And that was, on, your HP was only 99. I finished that the was game. It. I finished the game at level twenty four across the board, and yeah, my HPs were in like the one forties, one fifties, or something. Yeah, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember being that low or that um yeah that high actually. Um, but I know their combos. From what I saw, they had like the Chrono Trigger combos in this game. Correct? Is that right? Uh, you mean that like they added like your ultimate? They had they had like ultimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. They, Oh no, but they had those in the original too. Like, hold on, you see this bar? That's nothing this, new. Look at this circle at the bottom left. Yeah, it's oh, nothing oh, new. This circle yeah, they, at the like, 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 let's say for example, like you have Mello and Mario. They do like the punch, punch, and then brook, and then whatever, and then that was it. That was the two two part combo. I don't then remember if you had there being combos. Combo. I remember there was there there was just special move. You could do a yeah, special move. Yeah, a special move where all of them would 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 where, like, do their cut, thing. Where like a cutscene happens when you do it. Yeah, yeah, it's a small yeah, okay, cutscene, okay. like a yeah, Final Fantasy cutscene of some sort. Okay, yeah, we're talking about the same thing. Okay, so it's, there's nothing different about yeah. it. I, I thought it was, might be a little different. That gauge is new, though, I guess. And well, the chain gauge, is new, too. Well, that gauge that's, just lets you know when you can do that combo. That's dumb. Uh, anyway, that, that's just me. This is me. Um, but yeah, it's... That, well, that's why, like, I would actually say a mild problem, a small problem I had with the game is... um. Not that I, I guess not that I want, I, I don't really like hard games, but I actually felt like this one was really easy, especially when I typically have trouble with like, uh, like turn-based RPGs in terms of me always being like under-leveled for sections. Other than like one of the very first balls, <coughs> boss battles here, I was, what over, the sword? I was over-leveled for everything. Mac? No, for my first time fighting, uh, the crocodile. The thief. Oh, Croco. Croco. Yeah, like guy, that guy's a jerk face. The first. He fight... actually is harder the second time. Like I, when you actually fight him in the mountains, he's a. I don't he's feel a like anybody work, was man. a problem, which I I have a feeling that's going to end up being something you guys notice. Is they I have a feeling they 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 lowered the difficulty or they raised up your stats mm. of some of some sort. But I'm wondering how the screens are when you like get to the level up. Is it like the little like you know? You it's like a it's like a stage. You see all your yeah, characters you... standing on a stage, and mm. you just get one of three options. They'll give you yeah, yeah, yeah. upgrade magic yeah, or upgrade strength or upgrade health. Yeah. They haven't Gen- really done generally. anything different. Yeah. Did they well, keep the, the did you get to go to a monster town and do the thing in Monster Town? Mm-hmm. No. Did you fin- did you fight that boss? Which one what boss is that monster? Coolix. Coolix. He's the Final Fantasy character, or at least a, an homage to Final Fantasy. I'm thinking, I wonder if they still have that in there. I don't remember who that is. I'd have to look it up. That's the one with the, that is like a flying demon with like four, uh, with four crystals. Mm-mm, no, definitely didn't find anything like that. Oh, did they, did they keep that out, Calvert? Do you know? 
Yeah, I couldn't right. tell you unless I. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to look into it because it, the only way to get to that character was um, if you had like a special key, hmm. and there's a um, there's there's a little like piranha plant that's always complaining about the neighbor being too loud about crystals this and crystals that. Hmm. And eventually, I don't know if they they kept that. Um, I don't remember that. The only thing I didn't do was at the end you talk to some ghosts, and they tell you. Uh, hey, we, we, we hid things all around the world and you just have to go find them and you bring them back. That's the only like main thing I can think of I didn't do. Ghosts? Yeah, there's like a, a room you go into in the town with the... Uh, shoot, I can't remember names. There's a town up here. It's up here somewhere. But um, I don't know. There's, there, there's like mm. three ghosts from Mario games. There's that's, like a there's a boo dumb. there's a boo and then there's oh there's like I know three what you're different like about. Mario Mario ghosts and they yeah, tell yeah, you hey yeah. we we've hidden things one's behind a sign one's behind yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. but we don't tell you which sign or which air. it's I sleeping. I actually do remember that from the original no. and I got them all like a nerd um, but so. I guess if I wanted to even though I loved it I enjoyed it I did have other than the difficulty I had one other issue uh, which I think. St- totally odd considering it's a mario game but i hated all of the platforming oriented stuff in this game now i get it this game isn't a platformer i think that's why they're all terrible but but, um yeah everything that kind of lets you move around on your own that tends to be platformy i thought was awful i didn't like the controls but again original wasn't any better either yeah, they actually they actually popped it into place so it didn't you don't fall off all the time. They I noticed that. Yeah, there's one section where they there a couple sections I think they 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 explain that to you how it it locks you in or something. Um, but yeah, I don't I, again I don't have a ton to say. I love the soundtrack. I had a blast mm. playing through it. Um, mm. I oh, guess they still have the lucky flower. Yeah, I just realized that. Oh, that's nice. I'm yeah, just, you know, now I'm thinking about it, Calvert. I mean, um, Phoenix. You know, I'm wondering if uh, you're right. It seems like a one to one. The more I look at it, I'm just it, like, it oh, probably is. I mean, it's pretty, which is not a bad thing. I think the fact that they just didn't give credit to the original developers makes it seem kind of scummy. Um, again, for yeah, the I don't second care. time. Yeah, I don't care if it's a you know just a straight one to one remake. I mean, I said I think it's nice that they're giving it a fresh kind of paint at bare minimum and letting a new audience get exposed to it. That's all well yeah. and good. Mm. But the fact that the core of this game is the original game, and then you're not going to give a little more credit to, I think where credit's due. I mean, granted it's Nintendo slash squares IP. They do what they want. I get is it. That a, but... Is that a money decision? Uh, where, where if they, it's, if they, if they, gotta if, be. if they mention those people, they have to throw royalties so they can't, it, I'm wondering if that's kind of what it is because you know they they didn't hard to say developers don't typically get royalties off the games, do they? They get paid for the creation of the game. Like it's not like as a developer you made a game and now every you know uh, unit that's sold you get a royalty off of. Um, And technically, whatever um, like code was created, that's now property of Nintendo slash Square. So I don't know if it's really a money thing um i think that that would be the argument that was technically they didn't the old developers did not work 
hand to hand on this game. Even if they contributed code towards the original that might have been repurposed. They didn't put I mean, there's code in old engines, you know, across a hundred games, a thousand games that you know have uh, been implemented by old developers that are used in new games that they never officially touch. So that's probably what they're arguing so you here. Think it, it I don't sounds know, I think like this, I'll go ahead. No, it sounds like you're saying it's a little more cynical than that, where it's just like a well, you didn't directly touch this one, so well, you don't which get I think is typically it. fine. Cause so <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of phrase this. I do; it does feel scummy to me, but I don't think it's inherently something out of practice in the industry. Because let's say you weren't working on a game; you're working on a game engine. Okay, you work on it in the early '90s. You build it up. You add all these features to it, et cetera, et cetera, and you use it to help build whatever game you work on at the time. You then leave the company, go work somewhere else your direct contribution is in that game engine that is then utilized in future games five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line. You're not going to get credited for those future games, even though technically something you created is going to benefit those games. I think what makes it, and I think that's fine. I mean, that's just kind of the way things work. You develop a tool set that's utilized by other people. And this is in a roundabout way, the same thing. I think what makes it so tricky is because it's such a one-to-one direction, like the artistic vision, the, game design like the layout of the um the maps like everything's just one-to-one to not give a little more credit to the developers seems odd to me granted maybe they did all they needed to do which is giving them that little nod being like thanks to the original team i don't know i mean, especially nowadays when you look at the game um industry landscape where developers are getting like you know dropped at the um drop of the hat it's just crappy i, I want more credit due and more um more going to those who I think put a lot of effort into this game, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to talk myself in circles now. Uh, the game, I don't have an issue with that's a one-to-one. That's not my issue. It's just not giving a little more credit to where it was due. Mm-hmm. Um, the menus are different. <laughs> I, I, again, I have no frame of reference for what's different or what's the same, so I just know the game was pretty. That's true. I'm going to be talking out of my butt right now because I have not, <coughs> I haven't played the new one. I mean, I'm only going off of screenshots and a little bit I watched Chaz play, which looked very one-to-one but mm-hmm. i don't know we've also had we haven't had i think a real deep conversation too about you know remakes versus remasters i know we were trying to go through that a little bit when doing our game of the year conversation because a lot of the best games this year are quote-unquote remakes yeah i mean should that be the case that you I mean, like this game i don't think this is in the category we'd have to check but if super mario rpg won game of the year in 2023 wouldn't that feel weird not saying it is, but to say like there's a world where that could be a thing. This is technically a 2023 release, but this game is straight up the bones of the 1990, what, four or five, six game, whatever it was at that point. Mm-hmm. It, should, it shouldn't be the game of the year in 2023. I, I don't know. Um, whereas then you have other games that are more remakes that change things around. I think that's a little more applicable, like, you know, Final Fantasy VII, um, what is it, remake, reintegrate, um, all, where they're going with Rebirth. I feel like that is a little more valid, but that's a conversation for another time. I'm sorry. I want to lead us down a rabbit hole. Yep. All right. So, well, that's all I had to say. I loved it. I, I don't know if it's a game I need to play again. Um, I mean, you should go back yeah. play the original. I think yeah, I is agree. It on, um, is it on the switch online expansion deal? I can't recall. I, don't I think it is. I think it is. Um, no, you know, I'm not. I'm not 100. Yeah, I'm not 100. Maybe sometime next year. I guess you should try it. Yeah, it's a. It's fun. <laughs> so, did you like the humor in the game? Because that it. was one of my. That was like the best highlight of that of the yeah. game. I love honest. the humor. It's all the like the Princess Peach humor in the beginning, and then the 
the really weird one where he wants to hit the little kid because uh, <laughs> he said that he would rather have Gito as his favorite friend instead of oh, Mario. Oh, the weird kid, yeah. He would, he would like beat him up. <laughs> yeah. I thought all the funniest stuff was uh, Booster. I think the Booster section with the tower was like probably one of my favorite oh, sections in the like whole the, game. Like the like the stupid marriage thing where yeah, you, where you, know, you like, could choose either one to like get kissed or whatever. You're like Peach loses like all of her like uh all of her jewelry and stuff and you're out there looking for it and the last piece you don't find it. It's the crown is sitting on his head for some reason <laughs> while he's at the altar. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, and that's old school square right there, buddy. Being all corny, that's that's a lot of that same humor falls in a lot of Square's games, man. The old school games. You see, like so. on the paintings on the wall, all of his relatives, past relatives, and they all a look booster. the same. Yeah, they all look the same with the stupid beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are little things like that that I I enjoy. I yeah. I kind of want to play it just for the mem- memories and. You know, I, it, that game sits a, it has a special place in my heart. Like you have to I, fight, I, I'll uh, play it. Hmm? You have to fight Phoenix for my copy. He already claimed it. Oh, I already have one. I just need to get it. Um, it's my wife. It's my wife's house. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway. Phoenix, you have played a game, uh, recently as well. What was? Yeah, it? I was looking for something. Um. Something kind of short and sweet to play. It was on a uh, Game Pass, uh, Cocoon, which I know was created by Anna one Perna, of the I developers think, right? from. Or is Anna Perna the publisher? Well, that was a publisher. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the developers, and if I'm wrong, I, I apologize. I'm pretty sure it was one of the developers from either Inside or Limbo. I know there was like it was a team of two, and they kind of split after a certain point. And I'm pretty sure one of the guys went on to make this, which. You can kind of feel as you go through. I mean, the way the game kind of starts out, like there's no big preface to it or big like initial narrative. Like the story kind of unfolds as you play. Um, but it's this cool little puzzle game. It's not exactly what I expected um, based on a little bit of previews I did see. But um, what I got was was cool. I mean, it, interesting puzzles. Um, the art direction is pretty simplistic. It's kind of like a futuristic insect world as the best way I can kind of describe it. So it's an interesting aesthetic. Um, the game's not too long. I want to say I beat the whole thing in like under five hours. Uh, the biggest thing I liked about it without going too much deeper than that is how easy this game like was just to play. And I don't mean like the puzzles were like super easy. Um, I think I mentioned this last year when we talked about, Oh, what game was it? Um, uh, tiny Ken. Um, mm. I think one of the things I said about that game, this is a very different game, but that was a game that was just easy to play like it didn't put a lot of barriers in your way where to like stop and learn a system or read a menu or do this i was i was gonna say they feel the need to explain how to solve it you just kind of naturally figure it out easily the game just moved it was very intuitive you knew where to go just by walking around and if you miss something it kind of wrapped back around this game is kind of the same way like it doesn't explain anything like directly but the game just kind of unfolds in such a way that it naturally just makes sense. It's easy to play. And there are still challenges, of course, <clears throat> as you get to certain puzzles. Like, I didn't find too much trouble with them. There were a couple of t- uh, head scratchers in there, but um, fairly um, ingenious solutions. Like, it's an um, interesting way they've set up the puzzles. It's all about kind of taking these orbs that are in different worlds and kind of combining them and accessing them in such a way to open up weird portals. Like, it's really hard to explain without playing it. But um, 
really cool. creative ways they handle the puzzles. Um, one thing uh, I liked about it too is my daughter's starting to play games a little more now. I didn't think she would care about this at all, but because it was so easy to just play, she was able to go through and actually solve puzzles that I didn't think she'd be able to just by hmm. naturally moving through the world and doing stuff. So um, she enjoyed it. Um, I got a lot more enjoyment out of it. It's not a real long game. So, I mean, I, I don't want to go too much in uh, further into it or try to spoil anything, but if you are like puzzle games um, and you have a good four hours to kind of spare over a weekend, there are worse ways you can spend your uh, time. I do recommend this. Um, you... I'm not going to try to get a score or anything, but how did you play it? Was, uh, was this a game pass game or did you buy it? Game, no, pass? game pass oh, okay yes yeah, so we got game pass just download it not a big download i think i think it has cloud uh streaming too which uh, for this game that would work out fine it's not like you have any kind of um twitch gameplay or anything so if if you're doing through cloud gaming it's a little delayed or laggy you'll still be able to run through it just fine so it might even be on their mobile um platform for game pass mm. i haven't checked but this would be a good mobile game. Uh, so if you are on your phone and you have access to it, and I'm assuming it has touch controls, which I don't see why not. That was the other thing I liked about it. Like there is two buttons you press in the entire game. Uh, and one of them it isn't even a button. It's a joystick. It's the joystick and you have a button to like pick up something and put it down. That's it. Super that's simple nice. mechanics. And I think that's why my daughter liked it too. It wasn't a whole lot to have to time or figure out weird button combinations or remember what everything did. Just very simple <laughs> to play. Still a challenge to it from a puzzle perspective, but as far as just playing the game, um, it had some fun boss segments, which I wasn't expecting. They're not real, like, you know, drawn out boss battles, but uh, they kind of wrap some of the puzzle elements that you were kind of building up to to a certain point into the boss battles. And you kind of like put them to the test for a few minutes and then moves on to a new segment and kind of, you know, rinses and repeats. But it's cool. I'll leave it at that. I recommend it. Uh, if you like puzzle games, then you have a few hours to burn. Definitely a good way to spend it. And it's Annapurna, which I feel like for the most part they i think that's kind of a uh, they're almost like a triple a aren't they like a, considered like a triple a indie studio at this point where like they're not triple a but they're like super high quality on almost everything they make um yeah uh, and everything they've done at least recently has gotten you know good critical reception uh they did the what stray wasn't that one of the ones they did annapurna probably My... they, they do a lot of games <clears throat> I just know Cocoon was one of the titles that was included, I think, in the the Game Awards' as indie category. And this is one of those ones where people are like, that shouldn't be there. You know, that's taking a spot for a true indie game. You know, kind of like... I, don't, I didn't hear Dave that much Diver about this or stuff. No, Dave the Diver is the one they had an issue with. Dave the Diver is not an indie game by definition, but it is put into the category of indie no. game of the year. Uh, <laughs> this game, I feel like, deserves it. Like, deserves I, it? Okay. to my understanding, Annapurna Interactive is still an independent publisher, and this is still a pretty small team. Like, I think this still qualifies in a better sense as an independent game than Dave the Diver does. But we can talk more about we'll that talk when about we get to our that. Game yeah, Awards conversation. Uh, Annapurna did do Stray, by the way. <laughs> Okay, and uh, so we're going to move on. <coughs> Gosh, I haven't been coughing all of a sudden. Um, and of course, Gamer doesn't play video games anymore, so we're going to skip right over him. My life is over. <laughs> video games are for, are for children. I'm a big child. <laughs> all right, so um, let me start getting us going for speed runs. We're going to move right on into that. Okay, so are you guys just about ready? Ready to dive on in? Yep, Dave. Cue us up. 
Dave the, the timer. timer. Let's do it. Uh, <clears throat> all right, real quick, diving on in. Um, if you guys didn't see, uh, just within the last or a couple days ago, it was uh, thought that in a couple days the uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 or Rockstar had said that the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer was coming out and then as it turns out there was a leak which seems to be happening a lot with Rockstar lately if you didn't see the uh, what was it all of the early like development development footage that had gotten leaked with the GTA 6 mm-hmm. so just to get ahead of that another leak of the trailer coming out just today they put out the actual trailer for <coughs> GTA 6 have you guys gotten to uh, see, see it yet? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Did it look familiar? What uh, what what area it's in? Yeah, I mean it's very city, but I think that was known for a while now. But um, I think this looks really good. What I can't tell, and I'm assuming, I mean, is this all in game? Is it in game or is sure it cinematic? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of it in engine. It's hard to say because I mean, it, it looks really good. <laughs> and to be fair, most recent Rockstar games have looked really good. So I'm not putting it past them. But I mean, look at this thing, man. It looks great. crazy. Um, Jesus. I, I mean, I, I wasn't excited about this initially. I mean, I'm just like, oh, yeah, another GTA game. That'll be cool. I'll play it whenever. Um, and to be fair, GTA uh, Vice City is my favorite one. I love the whole 80s Miami neon stick. Um, so going back there definitely piques my interest a little more, but seeing this in action and kind of just the craziness going on and like the alligators walking around <laughs> and nonsense, like, um, I'm, I'm down to play this. I think what definitely took the wind out of my sails is when it announced at the end, this is 2025, 2025 yeah. not even next year, which I mean, okay, fair enough. Um, I I'm so past the point though of wanting games to release like this there's not released like this but a market this way i know there's a big hype train they want to market it for a year and kind of get things going but i would much rather have a game come out or put a trailer out than six months from now you have the game like the fact that this isn't going to be out for over a year i'm now relegating this to the furthest recesses of my mind because there's nothing pertinent about that's going to you know, increase my enjoyment of it. If anything, um, if I watch more about it now, I'm just getting hyped to a point where I'm going to be disappointed. So I kind of just now want to forget this thing exists until it just magically pops back up in a year and a half. Well, I will say I'm, I'm kind of curious because I will say, in a way, the trailer, the game almost looks, it almost looks less GTA and more kind of early days of, uh, of, uh, um, oh, what's Saints Row. It looks like an early Saints Row game. It looks like they're getting far more. And GTA's GTA's always been wacky, but it's always come off as a little bit more realistic. This one, to me, seems like they're going full Saints Row, where it's just like, you know, mm. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. Like, well, it depends which Saints Row we're talking about. Like, like, like one this or is two. nowhere near the level. Not not like maybe three or four. one and two. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you got to three, which three is my favorite, man. Um, like, is <laughs> basically his crackdown. Um, the dildo, dildo, <laughs> I don't, I mean, or whatever. Here's the thing, though. Like, I, I don't disagree. Here's my take, though. I mean, as far as it's not being realistic, this looks like our world nowadays. Not graphically, like the crap that's going on in this. <laughs> this is realistic. This is our crazy world we live in. So yeah. maybe it's just the perspective shift over the past X amount of years. <laughs> They're literally. <laughs> They're literally taking the whole Florida man thing to the oh, most extreme. Level. Yeah. 
I'll tell you what maybe makes this hit a little harder. Um, I've been watching like weird um videos on YouTube, my wife lately, of like uh Florida man, redneck, um, like car crashes and stuff, like just nonsense like that of all these crazy people in Florida, um, us included. And this just looks like I'm watching one of those videos, which once again has real life. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm very interested in this. Um, I don't need to be a dead horse, but we're going to be waiting forever. So we'll see it in a year and a half, assuming there's no big delay or anything weird like that. I hate to say it. I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of five. Like I, I'm in the weird, I'm a weirdo. I, I'm in the boat that I liked four more than five. Um, I don't know five, like the gameplay, the gameplay and quality of everything is incredible for five. It's just, I don't know, maybe like the story or the campaign itself didn't draw me in as much, but, um, I, I'm at least like you I'm excited GTA as well. For the campaign. <laughs> no, you, like, you, I can't. I can't think back of any GTA and be like, man, that campaign. I mean, sometimes they have fun missions, but my best times in GTA are always hopping around nowhere, cost chaos, rack up as many stars as possible, do whatever I can. Like this, <clears> the <throat> campaign is just to kind of get you through and give you some you know resources to play. So I'm not arguing against you. Like the story in five was kind of whatever. <laughs> I enjoyed playing five a lot more than I enjoyed playing four, but mm. that's just me. Fair enough. My All God, right. how many? How how much time do they do you think they uh, freaking worked on the twerking physics? A lot. <laughs> it's they it's like ridiculous. The more we watch it, the more it goes around is like loops. I'm just like, this is absurd. Oh, that's another thing I forgot to mention. I really hope the game looks this good. I hope so. If it does, man, I'll be so down. They like, said this will that... be one of the best looking games, period, if it truly does. Rockstar, Rockstar said that the budget for this game, do you have an idea of what they said the budget was? Oof. Oh, it's got to be ridiculous. Think about how much money that five pulls in. This thing's got to be through the roof. They said it's several million. They said it's yeah. in the billions. They're, what? They're, they're, they're on pace to spend billions? Like, like a billion oh, dollars on this game. This game is terrible. They're going down. Yeah. No, they're not going down. GTA. I don't know. They have had, not multiple, but not I heard down. they're. If you they're, think about how much money. The budget is like how much money they've made. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that wouldn't hurt, but here's. Okay. It's not going to do bad. Even if this is not, quote unquote, the best GTA game ever, if like five is anything to go by, five has been selling across, what, three generations now? It's been the only GTA for like, what, 12 years, something nonsense like uh, that. That's true. And if you then <laughs> rack in GTA online, the amount of money they pulled in is absolutely obscene. So, yeah, billion dollar budget, that's obscene as well, if that's mm -hmm. accurate. But I. Just, I would imagine they would not invest that much in it if they weren't really confident they were going to be fine moving forward. A billion seems crazy. I want to see that that reference. You'd have to I, look, I, don't, I heard just, that on a I heard that on a but, I heard it on a podcast. So you'd have to you have to verify. But that's I mean, I would I would say it's several hundred million for sure. A billion, those crazy. Maybe we'll have to look into it right now. Uh, I know we're on a timer technically. <laughs> we still uh, are. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, I started looking up someone else. Okay. Uh, next topic. Um, we don't. Have, now I don't want to get into absolutely everything that is here, but I had this one dubbed uh, "Trailers Bonanza." That's been happening the last day or so. So again, we don't need to touch on any of them. If you get, if you guys want a quick word just on any of these in particular, but the Fallout TV series essentially released its first teaser: Godzilla X versus, or it's not X versus Godzilla and Kong, the team up, cross Kong, the the police Cross. team up. Everyone's been wanting to see. 
uh furiosa mad max the new movies out a or buddy the cop kaiju movie that's buddy cop kaiju means. movie that's what i was thinking of <laughs> uh madam web yeah i think so uh boy season two and halo season two i'm sure there's a few more i'm missing but um any of these in particular you guys had a quick word on did you guys get to watch them um uh, i saw the fallout uh trailer i mean it's too hard to say anything the trailer and the tone I can't tell which tone they're. It almost seems like it's going more comical. And don't get me wrong, Fallout has a dark humor to it. I'm not sure where this is going to fall in that line. The CG does not look great in places, but I don't know how far along these trailers are. But I don't know. I'm hesitant on that one. I think that one's very much going to be based upon the quality of the narrative and what they do there. I uh, I think the most important thing is you guys, everyone in chat. You have to pester Phoenix to join me for Halo Season 2. We have to go back and cover the next season like we did the first one. Oh, the first <laughs> one was so bad. It was very, so it was very like, bad. I can't even judge that trailer. Like, I watched the trailer for um, Season 2. I can't even judge it objectively because here's the thing. Halo Season 1, if you're just looking at it, I think looks fine. Like, aesthetically, graphically, the CGI is not impeccable, but it's not terrible it just it's all very surface level it's master chief halo at a surface glance as soon as you get into the meat of what they're doing with this show it tears apart everything you might enjoy about halo so um i think and we've talked about with season one so i won't go into it this is a show that if you don't play the games don't care at all about the characters and just want something in a weird sci-fi universe you'll probably enjoy it if you care at all about halo as a ip and the universe and lords in it you will hate this show and I lean, and I'm not even the biggest Halo guy, but I lean more on the I can't stand this thing. But and then real quick, one I my one of my favorite series is the Mad Max series. I'm crazy excited for anything, you know, with George Miller stamp on it for Furiosa. I'm incredibly worried because if you guys didn't see that trailer, the Mad Max series is is renowned for its practical effects, and this one has a lot of CGI. So I'm hoping. Miller hasn't lost his touch. I mean, I know he's like 70, 80 years old, so maybe there's a point where he's just like, I, I can't be doing this real crap anymore. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, I saw what you said. Um, here's the thing, like, um, what, what was the last one uh, with... Uh, um, Fury, Hardy, Road. Fury Road. Fury Road. That one was Like, that incredible. one had some CG in it, too. It did. They, they did a good job CG of hiding was it. handled a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, like, it... CG when done right and when blended with practical effects, that's the best way to do it. You blend guitar it with guy effects. was not You're CGI. Right. This game, that was a real guitar guy playing on a. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff know. in this one like I don't remember exactly what there's a scene with one of the cars is like sitting out of the way oh, and it just it just rough. doesn't look right. And I'll tell you, it could be. I'm trying to give him some credit because like, these trailers sometimes get rushed. Um, maybe the CGA wasn't uh, CGI wasn't finalized. That was just the best foot they had to put forward at the time. So maybe it will look better on release. But yeah, it's a little sketch. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So we touched on that. So real quick, moving us on to our next topic. Um. Real quick, I think this one. In... I can't see the timer. Oh, where's it's on there? You can't see it. All right. Uh, Three thirty-seven. I can't see it on the screen. I'm at. Oh, okay. Three thirty-five. Okay, um. <laughs> Real quick, uh, Bethesda apparently has been responding to people who have been leaving negative oh, comments yeah. on Steam. Oh, no. Uh, nor yes. Normally, this is something that's not surprising for us, an indie team or a smaller team trying to defend their, their video game. But uh, 
probably not a good look for a major AAA developer to, to be being combative with people in comment sections. What's well, not reviews. bad. Um, have you, have you read any of these? I have not. They no. all seem AI generated is the problem. Oh. Like it's not just like they aren't coming across. Like you hate our game. We hate you too. It's not combative. It's, Oh, we're sorry. You didn't like it. But like someone would be complaining about, Oh, the exploration is terrible in Starfield, blah, blah, blah. And they'd come back and be like, Oh, we're sorry. You didn't like the game. Did you know Starfield has 4 million worlds you can explore and you can do this and that. It's basically mm, an wow. AI ad for the game trying to rebut whatever, at least that's what it sounds like. Is it truly AI generated? Who knows? But it reads that you way. You think on, and sometimes on the, the rebuttals on the side are so lengthy compared to the response. On the side defending crazy. Bethesda, people think there's AI bots. People think Bethesda has AI bots that are arguing with people. <laughs> no, we. It looks like the community team instead of responding naturally to these. That's um, what I mean on Bethesda side. Yeah. Yeah, they went on chat GPT or whatever <laughs> and prompted it with the whatever the critique was and spit it back out with a bunch of PR nonsense. It just comes across kind of tone deaf PR or whatever. And to be fair, I mean, if they went the other direction, it would have been like argumentative with the uh, fan base. That would have been even worse. But this is just kind of like. Honestly, it's a bunch of nothingness. Like, it's not going to make a big difference. None of the responses really are going to impact anything. It's just but Beth Beth Bethesda is in an odd position. You have two consecutive releases, Redfall and Starfield, that Starfield, while not critically, uh, you know, totally panned, it received pretty decent reviews. The problem is, though, is they've been, you know, there was another article of them talking about how uh concurrent retention or people that are currently playing the game is like plummeted after you know the mm -hmm. first like month or so so it's like you know but that's just i'm assuming shareholders and stuff are probably not like super happy with them or, or daddy xbox you know whatever i don't know maybe here's the thing like i don't know exactly what their metrics were for how much they had to make back to be profitable like from what it sounds like phil spencer seems very happy with the success of starfield because if all they were trying to do was get games um game pass subscriptions they probably got that in spades that first month before all the crap hit the fan for what starfield really was a bunch of people paid a little bit i feel like you could game kick pass. phil spencer in the nuts and he'd he'd apologize but, to oh, you. that's all right <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry oh. <laughs> That's a good one, man. <laughs> oh, you got a strong kick. There. Maybe, maybe. Um, so I, I love know. Phil. I think... I'm just saying he he seems to defend every he... aspect of it. He, he it's his company. Like I say, I love Phil. He's he's the CEO or, yeah. or not, I mean, not CEO. He's you know, exec doing his thing. Which fair enough. Um, I don't know. We've talked um, at nausea about what Starfield is and isn't. Um, I think the bigger issue here is. <laughs> more the trend on what to expect for Bethesda future games. I think it pulled the wool off of people's eyes a lot for where Bethesda's at as a game studio. People were thinking that, you know, 76 was just, you know, a misstep. It was, a uh, maybe it was rushed. Maybe it was, you know, they shouldn't work on a live service. Redfall was clearly not supported the way it should have been, et cetera, et cetera. This is the first game that didn't have any of those issues from the Bethesda team. And it's just not, doing well which makes you really pull into question their game design um kind of perspective or what's it gonna say this um i don't know it just really calls into question how they make their games and the design principles they utilize moving forward with games mm -hmm. like elder scrolls coming up and whatever new fallout we're gonna see so that's my takeaway from the whole yeah. starfield debacle yeah um 
So we only were able to fit in three topics. Again, I'm not entirely surprised because that second one was a big meaty topic. I'm not not shocked we weren't able to put too much in. But real quick, if you guys want to, I'll rattle off the last few topics we had. If you guys have a very quick word, I threw this one in for Phoenix. Apparently, uh, Bungie has announced that the recently delayed Destiny 2 The Final Shape is now delayed to June, June 4th. <laughs> Phoenix? Well, I don't know if you threw it in for me. Uh uh, we we knew this though. I mean, this was basically leaked by Schreier and all the crap going mm-hmm. down when you know all the Bungie um people got let go. This is just them finally getting around to announce it after the smoke has cleared just a little bit. But okay, I mean, I think for a lot of people, this is the end of Destiny. No matter how this plays out, like even if this is like really really good, so many people are just tired of the hamster wheel of what Destiny is, and I think the whole recent firings have left a bad taste in people's mouths. So. I don't know. I am curious where Bungie's going to be a year from now after Final Shape is out and uh, if they're still supporting Destiny or they're moving on to Marathon. Like, I don't know. It's it's definitely a fallen from grace story here that we're going to hear about like, more in the it, years to come. It's almost as if we did a whole two hour episode of us just talking about <laughs> about it. Go check that out if you guys haven't seen that, though. Or don't. Uh, or don't. <laughs> don't waste two hours of your life. No. Do waste two hours of your life. I wasted two hours of my life talking. <laughs> Sorry. Nonsense. Um, real quick, this one is one of the ones I actually don't didn't know too much about. I just know it's kind of older, and at the time it was kind of created some hubbub. But apparently uh, Ubisoft got a bunch of heat because there were some in-game uh, pop-up ads that were happening in Assassin's Creed. Uh, now, again, how these were... Uh, kind of popping out to me is I'd have to read a little bit more into it, but a lot of people were very steamed that like, well, I remember Ubisoft ended up saying it was a a bug or they were like, oh, we apologize. We didn't mean to show you the new uh, Land Rover. (laughs) I don't know what they were showing. Yeah, I have no way of not looking at this very cynically because basically what it is is in the middle of an in-game menu. So it's not even like an ad and like the main menu before you start the game. Like you're in the game. I think it was like the map screen or something. You pull up the map and got a full screen ad for, I think, was it the next Assassin's Creed or something coming out? Um, I can't imagine that was Oh, I just, I just saw it. <laughs> that's that's, that's horrible. Yeah. Why would yeah. they? Oh, no. Uh, they <laughs> argue they were trying to get it to... Um, they're trying to make it work so the ad popped up in like the hub menu. So like, cause all their what the Assassin's Creed stuff's all connected now. This hub download or something weird. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I said I'm being very cynical about it, but this just feels like a publisher or developer pushing the boundaries a little bit. Like, let's see what happens and how people are going to respond if we accidentally pop this full screen ad up. Mm-hmm. Will people not care? Because if so, we're going to do it forever. Um, Oops. I don't oh. know. I could be wrong. Oh, how did, how did that We're happen? sorry. Oh, I didn't mean, oh. I didn't mean to do that. Oh. <laughs> um, and then our final topic for speedrun, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, Embracer has announced that they're going to be doing more layoffs right before Christmas. Uh, apparently, the publisher Free Radical behind the Time Splitter, Time Splint Splitters Studio is uh, going to get shaved down again. Good guy, Embracer. They're doing real well, huh? No, it's a shame. I mean, <laughs> it's a shame a bunch of levels. We've talked about, I mean, just the fact that developers are losing their jobs, especially around the holidays. That's awful. But then you lose these studios that, you know, have these major IPs associated. Here's the thing, though, and this is true, I think, for any of these studios. A lot of people are like, oh, no, the studio that made Time Splitters is shutting down. We'll never see Time Splitters again. 
Maybe not, but most of these studios, I would say the majority of them, especially those who uh, the developers who worked on these original IPs, they're probably not that studio anymore. Maybe a couple of them, but the big proponents are the ones that kind of, you know, spearheaded the creation of those IPs. They probably already moved on to bigger, better things. So that's the thing. Like when you hear about these games getting um, or these studios getting shut down, that sucks. But follow the developers. They're the good ones. You know, God willing, they're going to land on their feet, find new work and just track them down. I mean, this is why the credits are so important at the end of a game. You want to know who's making these games you really like. And not saying you have to memorize every name, but you see like game designers and game directors that attribute to high quality games they're who you should support. So follow them to their next project. Um, if they go on some indie spree, you know, think about doing, you know, Kickstarter with them, whatever it may be. And that's where you'll see these games still kind of take off, at least in spirit. But you hear that? it still sucks that anybody's you hear, losing their job. You, you hear that, Bioware? Is that you talking to you? Um, all right. So uh, we're going to be moving on to our second to last, now officially into our main topics. But um, I'm very excited to talk about this. I know, again, the... Uh, I know the three of us are all huge Scott Pilgrim fans. We love, uh, I don't know, I mean, my introduction was the movies. And then uh, I know Phoenix is going to, I think you have all the comics, right? Or, or mangas or whatever, whatever they're. Graphic novels. Graphic novels. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started with the movie, though. Um, I'll tell you, I, I've had a lot of people say the best way to get into Scott Pilgrim is the manga. But I'll tell you, I think for most, I don't think most, but. For many, um, what, are, what do I call this, IP, franchise, whatever it is, if there exists a literary component, I almost never recommend to get into that first. I mean, if you just naturally happen to, you know, read the book or read the novels or graphic novels or whatever first, that's fine. But I find a lot of times if that's your initial introduction into a series like this, and then you watch something like a movie or whatnot, it can never live up to the books because it's always going to feel subtractive. Um, because there's no way you can fit everything in the book into a movie or into a show. And you always feel like you lose something, right? Um, it's easier if you go the other way. Like, I watched the movie. Once again, no like premise on what the comics or graphic novels or anything were about. So I just took the movie at face value, what it is. And I didn't feel like I lost anything while watching. I got to enjoy just crazy, just chaotic, like video gamey fight scenes with anime inspired this and that. And I, I fell in love with it. It's my mm -hmm. second favorite movie, only um, edged out by Back to the Future. So because, does the, come on, Back to the Future is the best movie. So the novel follows more the movie, right? Because we, because this mm. thing, because this, the takes off does some stuff. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. Before we get into the show, because the show is very different. Yeah. This is kind of the whole um, criticism about it. The movie and the graphic novel are similar. The endings vary a little bit, and the movie definitely takes some liberties and does things differently to fit the form of a movie. But I think the reason I'm saying this is when I read the graphic novels a year or so later, I was still able to enjoy them for what they were because it felt additive, right? It added to the experience. Even though it was different, it just, you know, fleshed out the, you know, the canon and the stories and the characters more. So I, I think the reason I say that is depending on your history with Scott Pilgrim, it's going to influence your enjoyment of the show a lot. Did you start with the show? Did you start, or sorry, did you start with a movie? Did you start with a graphic novel? You might look at this show more or less reductive, or you might look at it more as additive, depending on your prior experiences. And then of course you have the game in there. The game is basically just the graphic novel, just gamerized, but pretty solid little beat em up. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Sheesh. So how do we want to tackle this? Do we want to, 
go right into just the parts that are that that, that let's do make it its own thing first well let's overall, do overall okay. takeaway first like um chaz did you enjoy this as a general scott pilgrim fan do you like it do you like it better or worse than any of the other scott pilgrim incarnations like how do you <laughs> take this um i think it's fair to say for me it i didn't like it as much as the movie i mean the movie is was again that was my introduction into kind of the world of scott pilgrim but i definitely enjoyed what this series tried to do what it was going for it definitely tried to do its own thing and i appreciated that um i definitely think the i guess the flow of the show as a whole is a bit uneven i feel like the first half is super strong like the first half is super strong the second half tails off a little bit i wasn't like totally blown away by the ending but i tell you like even though i'm you know saying those things about the latter end of the show the first half is like so fun, so awesome. Um, I mean, like, like at, at the end of the first episode when it begins to prove that it's its own thing, like it becomes under it becomes intriguing because you're like, I don't know where this is going. I'm like super into it, and then you know once you start like seeing like new situations with some of the boy the exes, it's like I was gonna say boyfriends, and I'm like careful not all the exes but um i don't know when 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 there's different interactions between the exes and they're all doing different things i, I don't know i was super into every aspect of that yeah what about you metal how would you just in general how'd you like this show so i didn't know what to expect from the beginning um when i saw the first episode i was like this is, is this is not supposed to be exactly like the movie, now, is it? Because I got introduced to this from the movie, but way after, because I missed the boat on watching it in the theaters. Then I saw it again for the second time in theaters, three more times, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd, and I saw it three times in the theaters by myself with my wife. And that was with a ten year. Oh, it was great. I saw it three times, man, like a jerk. And I paid full price for each one. I don't care. Didn't it's we so we we drove theater. all the way to West Palm just to watch it? We, see an, we yeah. saw an IMAX, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah. drove all the way to West Palm just yeah. to watch it. Good time. <laughs> it was so good. Um I I think that came out when it when it came out, I went to uh it was in Atlanta. And I saw it in Miami and I saw it in Atlanta. So I got to see it three times. But anywho, so my takeaway, um, I liked it. I enjoyed for what it had to offer because mm -hmm. in the beginning, I I didn't know what to expect. And then I saw the change in what was going on. And I'm like, you know what? Let me see what this is going to do. And if, like, I really yeah. think that they, they, they took it in a different direction and a lot different than what I expected. What I did like was that they gave Ramona a lot more of a, of a bigger role. She's the main, give her, almost the main, right? Here? She is. It's literally yeah. the, the main yeah. <laughs> I mean, she my is, favorite. She isn't. Well, I, I, I'll come back to that. Yeah, but, yeah. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite one is Wallace. I was going to say he Wallace thought, is the He best got one. the biggest role out yeah. of anybody. Wallace is the best Like He's like, let's do more lines of my trailer. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and like, it. It's it's so strange to me because it's like you know, Ramona and and Wallace and then even um what's his name uh what's the other guy uh which one the one who 
The one who writes the uh, the the script. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, young Neil. Young, young Neil. Neil. Yeah. yeah, like they they gave. Oh my God, they made him so dumb. Anyway, so like, you know, like overall, I think it was fine for what it was. I, I, yeah, and and the second half was a little bit, um, a little bit more it, weaker. It, it goes down but, a bit, but yeah. but it wasn't by much. I thought it was. It felt a little bit more like what is what happened all of a sudden. Like it just kind of went into a crazy direction. A lot more crazier than I anticipated. Um, not something that I was... I didn't even think that was going to happen, to be honest with you. I, I had something completely different in mind. Because they kept throwing mm-hmm. around, oh, it's a vegan portal, it's a vegan portal. And it's like, wait, what? what, what it's only one vegan in this entire thing. You know, yeah, it's like... The rationale what? for that ending was a little... little it was... A, yeah, like, it was a little bit too... Uh, okay, um, what? Like, that absolutely made no sense. But so nothing like, in this whole franchise makes like, sense. That's like, not a point. You just go with it. They talk about subspaces, and they just went into a completely different thing. I'm like, yeah. if you played the game, then it makes sense. But they mention nothing about subspaces in the original movie. Uh, well, like, they do. They very, do. Very, very briefly. Very, very like, like, like this small. Like, yeah, Ramona like, talks oh, about yeah. it for like 30 seconds, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, oh, my purse is like its own personal <laughs> space. It's like, wait, what? And then she's like pulling out all the stuff. But even, the, even in the game and even in like the graphic novel, it's not like they go into a big canonical, this is how it works. Like, the whole yeah. point of this is you just you go just with it. Go with it. I think just the absurdity that, you know, stuff like this exists in the world and people just accept it. It's kind of the point, right? It's like this, oh, how like this craziness juxtaposes against this kind of real world boring, you know, Toronto uh, landscape. Like, yeah, it gives it, it gives a little bit more flair and it's, it's kind of interesting to me how they kind of like, they added more to it by using that a little bit more to kind of like give you that visualization that this is in this world, this is how it works. Yeah. In this world, this is how it happens. It's like okay, whatever. I guess so. And at that point, it kind of makes sense on how all the, you know, powers and the craziness, and it kind of makes sense in its own way. So it's just like its own little strangeness. I enjoyed it, and I'm actually glad they're not doing a season two, because well, we'll we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah, let's yeah. table that one because that's good. <laughs> that's a different. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of. I don't know. Um, yeah, okay, so favorable. Ahead. So both of you guys are favorable on it. Oh yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's not um, as um, it. it's not as like crystal clear as like the movie, but like it's it's fun. I enjoyed it. it it's a nice like uh, addition. I feel like it's just a nice little addition to like that world, that universe. I think that's the best way of looking at it. Like, if you look at this as an additive thing, it's adding to what we already have. I think it's a really cool component to it. I think the problem is like a lot of people are coming at this. I think majority from one or two perspectives, you have a large group of people who have only watched the movie and they literally just wanted to see the movie reenacted, which to be fair, the way I think this was somewhat set up, you like, they got all the voice actors from the movie back and <laughs> yep. uh, Edgar Wright uh, was involved to a certain extent. He's in the freaking um, uh, show. Edgar, Edgar wrong. Yeah. Edgar Wright. Edgar oh, Wrong. Oh, oh no. That's um, one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> you have people who want that direct one-to-one movie. And then you have people from the books who felt like they were slotted by the movie because the movie did its own thing. It didn't quite, you know, pan out certain character relationships. They wanted to see that play out in, you know, uh cinematic format. 
So neither of those groups got what they wanted. But I think if you were kind of appreciative of what was both camps, like you've, you understand the novels, you understand the movie, th- it helps to, I think, appreciate this to a certain extent. Not saying you have to um, take part in both mediums, but um, I'll tell you, when I first started watching the first episode, I thought I initially just wanted kind of a one-to-one reenactment of the movie. Because that's how the first episode starts out. The first episode, at the, until the very end, it's like scene for scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I tell you, though, I was not digging it. Like, as that first episode was playing out, like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this it is... Fe- it feels like a stripped neat. down. It's like a stripped down version. Yeah, like, it felt like they were just beat for beat going through some of the stuff in the movie slash graphic novel, but didn't feel like it was adding anything to it. It was just like, oh, I'm hearing the voices again. The pacing also felt kind of slow at the beginning. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess this is fine. I kept thinking to myself, you know, if I wasn't already a Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim fan, would I even like this? It's just kind of its own standalone anime. And I wasn't so sure. And then the ending happens and changes the whole trajectory, uh, trajectory of the entire show. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are very upset about that. They feel like they were lied to. And I don't necessarily agree with that. No. Um, but honestly, I think this is the best way they could have gone about it. I think if this would have been a one-to-one of the movie slash graphic novel, you still would have people upset, but I don't think this will long-term or would have been appreciated nearly as much. I think the fact that this is something that I can now go back and watch and find cool new tidbits that don't exist in the movie, don't exist in the novels, is a really cool thing. Um, I, I, yeah. Did you guys know going... I didn't know for some for some reason. I didn't know it was like more anime than cartoon. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Like I was yeah. expecting more of like a cartoon style, and then you get in, and then you hear japanese pop music as like the the opening and stuff i don't know i wasn't expecting yeah, it's straight anime um i feel like uh, it's the studio who did was it blue eye samurai is that correct i remember um maybe i'm wrong <coughs> um but yeah it's a straight up anime studio um which i appreciate once again even though the graphic novel is already kind of styled after a manga this kind of skews it even more towards that Japanese anime kind of route, but it still gives it its own personality too. that this medium, I think helps accentuate certain aspects of it. I mean, cause the art's a little, little bit different, the way the characters even interact and the way the paneling's done is a little bit different, which is kind of nice. Um, all right. So we all like it. Uh, how we, do we want to go into like details of the twists and the narratives or like, how do you want to kind of tackle it? Do you want to talk like, favorite moments or uh, we can do favorite moments um i i think you'd be hard pressed not to talk about uh the lucas lee episode which i feel like is hands uh, whatever down. <laughs> start now whatever start now with um oh um what's the artist for whatever um i don't know i don't know who that is you can oh, that was like a huge song in high school um i feel like hands down like that's like by far the best episode like the animation for some Liam reason. Liam Lynch, that's right. The animation during that section is so cool. Like the choreography with the, just the idea that Lucas Lee's running away fighting photographers or fighting. Yeah. Lucas like, Lee is one of my favorite characters in this entire just franchise. And the fact that it's freaking voiced by Captain America just makes it yeah. so much better. <laughs> um, no, that, I agree. That was probably my favorite episode. I'm not saying it is uh, qualitatively the best episode, but it was so much fun. Um, I think each episode really had cool moments in it. Um, it did. Um, I'll tell you, I watched it all in one sitting. I don't know how this would impact you if you watched it over the span of a couple of weeks or whatnot. You watched it in what, two or three settings, Chess? Yeah, probably probably like uh, three days. Oh, gosh, I coughed right into the 
probably about three to four days. <coughs> yeah. I mean, I liked watching it in one big sitting. I mean, it was about three hours or so to go through it. So I mean, if, I don't know it's a big ass. I almost wish people, I would have done the doable. same. Maybe I'll do it. I'll, I'll watch it again, probably. And the package again, kind of the perspective on it feels a little different. I also feel like if I go back and watch things now, I'll be able to find different did things you, I didn't catch the first time. Did you guys like how they, uh, what they did to a Gideon? <laughs> Goose, <laughs> kind of, yeah. It kind of made him a, Man, he's kind of a joke. I thought that was joke. hilarious. Kind of joking. I joking. like the fact that he kind of went down the way he did. I was like, oh no. But then he's still like evil. It's like, yeah, you're a jerk. <laughs> he became That's a mood with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what this show does really well. And I guess um, for those who are still watching us talk about this or listening to us and don't understand kind of how this whole thing has changed, the way this whole storyline twists, if you're familiar with the general Scott Pilgrim story, at the end of the first chapter, however you want to look at it, of Scott Pilgrim, he fights Matthew Patel, and, you know, he's supposed to beat Matthew and then move on to the next X. In this, he, at least at face value, loses to Matthew and dies, and the rest of the story is trying to figure out what happened to Scott because there's some nuances of it's oh a, was he killed? Was he was kidnapped. Elsewhere. It's like an elsewhere. Well, it's exactly. It's like an, an alternate, an alternate world almost. Yeah, it's like what, it's what like, if? What if he lost what? his first match? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really nice about it is it gives all the other characters a chance to shine because in the at least in the movie you get kind of the caricature of each character, right? You get Lucas Lee at the really surface level. Same thing with um. Oh, Todd, um, yeah. I remember his full. Yes, man. Um, but yeah, it's all very surface level. And the graphic novel, of course, digs into a little more. But even then, none of the X's get huge backstories. This paints out their character so much more. It makes them far less evil, too, which I think is very fitting because that's the whole, I think, kind of general. What's the word I want to say this? It's kind of the point of Scott Pilgrim. Nobody is all good, all evil. Scott is not like an altruistic hero. He's kind of a jerk. Ramona is selfish in her own way. The exes are just doing their own thing. They're not all terrible people. They're just trying to, you know, figure out their lives, figure out how to date other people. So it makes all these characters far more realistic it's and able relatable, to like, even though they're doing crazy things. It's able to flesh out their characters a bit better. Like it doesn't do it perfectly because it still is a kooky story but like yeah you're able to get a little bit more i guess context into like what they're into other than defeating scott yeah well it makes them where they're not all evil exes they're yeah. just mm -hmm. exes like that's the whole thing in the movies although sometimes they'd pull back a little bit and make the exes seem a little more you know not terrible most of them are painted as just crazy caricatures they're defeated and you move on they're left at that but each one of them now, there's more given to either how they ended things with Ramona initially or kind of how they look at the situation after the fact. I like that it took away the evil aspect of the evil exes a little bit. Some people don't like that, but mm -hmm. I thought that was one of the best things they could have done here. I just thought about it, but like there's so many like little things. I loved, uh, I don't remember, there's some situation where Lucas sees like the stairs with railing going all the way down and someone's trying to tell mm -hmm. him to go back down there and he's like, what do you think? I'm I'd an never idiot. Do that. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like, no, but you've done that before. I don't know. That's why I love, I love they did a different route. Cause if they would have played that out the same way and he would have fell for the same gimmick, like it would have been cool to see it in anime form, but what does that add <laughs> to the Scott Pilgrim story? Like mm -hmm. knowing that there's a world where he was that gullible and that in this world, he thinks he'd never be is just really funny and ironic. And that there's a lot of situations like this. Um, 
So the one thing I do want to ask, I know this is one of the other big criticisms, and I think it's a a trend we see a lot in modern media across the board, where they do a lot of um, kind of role reversals for the main characters. They do a lot to make sure that's got a woman protagonist out front, like they're pushing a message or agenda, and people are very much um, calling foul on this show kind of doing that because they essentially Scott's not in this show very much by the way um, if yeah. you haven't caught on he's gone for 90% of it which I think is okay he's I mean, in I maybe what gets three his, he's in like three out of eight of the episodes he's in the first and like the last two or something mm-hmm. yeah. which seems crazy but he still gets some character development here and I'm I'm okay with what they do with Scott what it opens up the door though is for Ramona to kind of fill his shoes in a way as kind of the person you're following through um, and people are cr- calling foul to that because it's like, oh, no, they just removed Scott all the way in his story. And now it's just all about Ramona. They're shoving a female protagonist in, you know, just to meet some agenda or whatnot. Do you guys feel like that's the case here? Like there, no. there's some kind of message being pushed here? I didn't. I didn't get anything like that. I didn't feel that way at all. To be honest, it's kind of nice to see like Ramona like chasing after after Scott looking for him. Actually, what's funny is that like she she actually says, "Oh, I'm into Colombo," and all of a sudden she's being Colombo the entire time. It's like that's kind of neat in a sense, I, you know. I don't. I don't want to take us off track. If you guys want. Oh, I, I was just gonna mm-hmm. say like if we're talking about, I don't. I'm not the guy to throw out. The idea of agendas, but if there is one thing I was kind of uh, intrigued, I guess, in a way by is what they do with Todd here. Um, I don't know. I mean, because I'll be I'll be honest at first watching it. I was very kind of I don't know, just kind of baffled by what they were doing with him and his relationship with who was it? Um, with Wallace. Wallace. Oh, and Envy. I, well, Wallace, I meant more in particular what they do there. And just, yeah. I felt like it was kind of out of left field. But later on, I, I, I ended up thinking, I'm like, oh, well, Brandon Ralph is a is a gay man. It could have been they were just like, he was like, oh, this is a storyline I would like to go with. You know, I don't know. That's well, something I don't I think it would necessarily of, have a lot to do with the actor's um, choice in it. I mean, maybe. Again, I don't have I don't a problem. I just, I don't know. I was like, well, I was like oh, that's for odd. this franchise. It doesn't seem that far out of left. It's field. more it's on brand with this had a relationship yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's my issue with. Go ahead. I'm sorry, metal. No, I was gonna say not for nothing, but like in the movie, he actually didn't mention. He's like, oh man, what I would do to be with him or something like that. He did mention something small like that, and he, I remember that. It was a I very small remember. snippet of that, and I remember him saying that. And then here, they actually made it more. Again, oh, I don't like he actually got a role with the guy. Again, I don't have a problem with it. I just, I just kind of felt like it was odd and kind of oddly thrown in there. But if there's anything in the original movie that makes it seem as though that was like a possibility, then yeah, I'll, whatever. I, I don't just, recall from the movie, <laughs> um, but it didn't, it didn't stand out as an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's kind of where I was going even with the Ramona thing. Was like, although a lot of people are calling foul that they're pushing an agenda. The way that they do everything here doesn't come across that way. And maybe this is a better testament to it's okay to, you know, restructure your story to have, you know, a female protagonist when it's done to serve the story. I think that's where people take issue and kind of call foul for agendas is when (laughs) there's no reason to make this adjustment beyond just I want to see more representation or I want to see this like this is doing a way that serves the story. It fleshes out characters. And I'll tell you, I say this earlier, like Ramona is the main character, but 
at the same time, she's not like it's not like she all of a sudden now gets ninety percent of the screen time. It, it, like you see her, she kind of pulls the story along, every, but it's about the exes. Every like episode, ninety percent of this is about the nexus. Every episode has a basically a different protagonist. It, or it feels like they focus in on somebody different every episode, like you were saying. But yeah. and at the end, yes, it kind of comes back to Ramona. Granted, also Scott comes back in the picture, and they spend a good amount of time with him. I really like these, this ending, though, because it is a honestly, it's like a direct mirror of Scott's character growth in the first movie. So if you remember, for those who have watched the movie or the game, there's a whole thing where he goes to the final fight scene with Gideon in the Chaos Theater and he loses and then he comes back and he pulls a sword out. He's like, I found respect or I'm doing this for myself kind of thing. The power of self-respect. <laughs> it's about learning to that's it's about learning to love yourself, accept your flaws, and you're not just fighting for these chicks. You're fighting for yourself and Ramona's story. Then all of a sudden directly mimics or mirrors that. Cause at the end she realizes, okay, she has to recognize her faults, accept her for what she is, love herself and move on. So I know that sounds all kind of gushy, mushy, mushy kind of stuff, but I thought it was really kind of poetic with the way it mirrored it. So I guess you could argue that Scott in this timeline lost some character development. He gained it in another way though. But it also showed how the character development would play out for these other um, characters in the show and the story, which I thought was really well, nice. Um, and once again, additive to the whole Scott Pilgrim kind of experience. What did you guys think of the music? Do you think Anamanaguchi did any better of a job? Or I feel like there were a couple um, musical sections that were good. It didn't stand it out. It didn't as stand much out. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's just I am very used to the uh, Onomatoguchi. Because I think Onomatoguchi did the whole the other. thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing was bad. Um, I don't recall anything just standing out in the same way I think it did from the movie necessarily or the games. But those were also just such stellar uh, soundtracks that I think it's kind of hard. I will say um, the Sex Bomb tracks that they did, I think the movie ones were catchier. They are, um, they're better, uh, yeah. Yeah, garbage truck, man, that's a jam right there. Um, In your garbage was... truck, <laughs> take you for a ride. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I, I think I would have preferred. See, see, what I was kind of hoping they were going to go for with this show is I was kind of hoping that, even though Knives was very nice at the end of the movie about everything, I was kind of hoping something weird would like snap in her. Or something, and she would have been the one pulling the strings in the background. And I, I'm, I'm sure maybe that's what they people they wanted people to think, but I don't know. Maybe you know, I mean, I'm kind of glad they didn't. She had her snapping moment in the movie a little bit. Um, I mean, they didn't really do extent. much with her in this show. She was kind of no. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like there was a big loss with knives not being fleshed out more. I think she had more character development in the movie, uh, which I thought was fine. She had a little bit more growth in this one, not as much as in the movie. There's just like, you know, her trying to like, you know, play bass and learning how to play, you know, music. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. So it's like, Oh, let's, let's That's play true. together. She have that whole story arc too. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she, they, her and, uh, what, uh, was it, what's his face? The, the loser dude from Steven the, the band. Yeah, like he, they, they were doing stuff. Like they were literally on a record contract and everything. He got exactly what he wanted. <laughs> at the end, I mean, with this one at least. So he was like kind of, you know, they were doing music together. So I guess. And she was playing piano. 
So that's something you didn't, you weren't expecting from from Knives at all, actually. To be honest, to her be a part of like any musical endeavor. So they, she, they went, they threw her in a different direction. Yeah, that's what they do with everybody, which I think was nice, and it op- it does open it up. So there's a possibility of other stories in this universe. This is kind of my segue here. Um, but there were already talks about, okay, is this going to end up being a sequel thing? Uh, they're going to have a season two or whatnot. And a lot of people were thinking it does because the story, or at least the last kind of ending scene, sets it up to potentially play into something. But um, what is it? The showrunners came out and said, no, they we're said, pretty much good leaving it as as this. They did Are say you guys that. satisfied with leaving it don't, as a one season thing? Just leave it alone. Yep. I'm, I'm good. I don't need it. I'm okay with it. I mean, if they did continue, obviously I would probably watch it because I'm a nerd like that and I would like to see more. Um, if if they do, cool. If they don't, well, at least for the bare minimum, we got a little season there and I'm I'm happy with that. You've gotten a lot yeah. of Scott Pilgrim stuff. You got a game, you got a movie, you got a TV show, you got a book series. The it's quality like of all of it. I think amazing. It's been good. All of it's good. been I great. I think you're at this point now. Like, I'm not saying they couldn't do a season two and it couldn't be fun. It couldn't be good, but it's not necessary. I think this did enough to flesh out things that could have been lacking that you could argue from the story already. And it just, I don't, you have this really nice, well-rounded Scott Pilgrim package now. You've got a cool game got awesome music you've got a movie you've got a show you've got um the manga like just about any medium you want you can now experience scott pilgrim it feels like a fairly complete mm-hmm. package to me and i feel like leaving it right now and a even though people are going to argue they don't like the show i get it that's fine people don't like the movie and the comic you know, books either but i was gonna say you know what we don't have in the form of scott pilgrim it's, uh we need a uh what is it a what is it a, a touring show like we need like a live action, what is it a? Uh, 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 theatrical. Yeah, we need a theater. Uh, Broadway performance. How is musical. that not a thing? How is there not a I musical? I mean, I don't know. How the hell do uh, you play that? That'd be interesting. Out? Well, you could. Um, I, I, I haven't even thought about something like that. Um, I know they they have um kind of on a tandem a little bit, but uh, they have a Broadway show for not Broadway. I'm sorry. It's like a London show for back to the future. So they did it for that, which is another one of my favorites. So they could do it for something like this. I don't see why not. It could be neat. I would love to go to something like that. You know, I tell you, I think that would be a good direction to go, not add more to any of these mediums. They've already explored. If they can find another medium to represent Scott Pilgrim, go for it. Um, I think honestly, that's going to keep the, integrity of what this is together. I know maybe I'm tar- talking a little too high and mighty about Scott Pilgrim, which is basically just mm-hmm. anime nerd, whatever. But um, I don't know. I I love this franchise. I like the way they've kind of laid things out already. And I could imagine myself 10, 20 years from now, reintroduce myself to all of it through all these different formats, whether it be the book again or this movie or this show or the game. And it's still be in a good place. That's so. got to be such a cool thing for like, I don't know when your daughter in ten more years is old enough to watch stuff like that. You'll be able to watch. She was watching the a anime movie. a little bit. She you was can watch an anime it. and play the game all, all all at the same time. It's like Scott Pilgrim over, Overload. Well, and honestly, I don't know if the best way to digest this is all at once. Um, I honestly took a <laughs> lot of time going through Scott Pilgrim. Like I saw the movie and just kind of fell in love with just the movie. I didn't read the graphic novels for like 
two years or something. And then finally went through, read them all. And then the game, oh, I can't remember if I played that before or after the manga. But it was like, I had these big stints between, and it just slowly grew my appreciation for Scott Pilgrim. I almost feel like if you soaked it in all at once, it might be too much. Because it is, <laughs> there is a lot going on here. Um, but you could, if you're the kind of person who just likes to fully consume whatever franchise they're interested in at that point, there's plenty to consume here, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed the show. Um, I don't think they need to have a season two. If they do, I certainly hope they keep their creative, um, liberties with them and don't feel like they're shoehorned into meeting what, you know, fans want or whatnot. Cause I'm glad if, if, if fans would have got what they wanted, I don't not think this show would have been anywhere near as relevant or as I'm hoping somewhat timeless as this goes on. If it would have been a one-to-one reenactment as a lot of people wanted, it just would have been fine. So I'm glad they took this chance here. And if they ever do anything else like it again, take a chance again. No, I agree. So, so uh, do we have anything else? I think it sounds like we all just loved it and it was great. (laughs) We, We wholeheartedly recommend you guys go out and check it out. Now watch it again. Now it's been a few weeks since I watched it already. I was actually curious if I remember anything. I guess for watching the, this a little bit, I, I guess again. for the viewer, would you say it's okay if you haven't consumed anything Scott Pilgrim's to go straight into this? I mean, you would be missing some context with a lot of stuff happening here if you haven't seen the movie or the manga. Yeah, that is a tricky one. Um, I was originally even thinking like if they were doing the one to one, if you were a fan of or if you didn't know anything about Scott Pilgrim, if you would have liked it. But especially now they made all the big changes. I'm not saying you couldn't enjoy it. I don't think you'll appreciate what it's doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody's going to enjoy the show for exactly what it is. But I would say movie or manga first, Mm -hmm. either or or both. Yeah. And then. That's this my is, suggestion. What about you, this, Metal? What do you think? This, right. Well, I mean, oh man, I mean, I saw a movie so many times. Um, if I saw this the first time, yeah, it's hard I, to separate. It's, yeah, like it's hard to 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 not know what's going on. Um, I think if 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 a person who's never seen it before, I think they would they wouldn't appreciate all the little things that we've noticed about it. I think it'll be enjoyable as is just watching it because it's, it's almost like, like you guys say, it's, it's, it's literally like watching an anime. Yeah. So if you watch this first and then watch the movie, you might be able to enjoy it a little bit more or be a little bit pissed off that it didn't come out the way the show did. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Um, I, I think like either way lost the a little bit. X concept. I think it's lost really fast if you don't have any other context, because the show of course starts out, you don't know anything about it really kind of, you know, dabble some stuff with like Gideon, the background setting things up. Um, But that gets kind of quote unquote resolved so quickly when Patel takes over that the exes aren't working on their main objective anymore. So it's like, they aren't the same, they don't have the same motivation. They aren't the same character. I don't know. I, I think that would be a hard thing to contextualize. I mean, they, I don't know. It's really hard to separate myself and look at it from that fresh perspective. So maybe I, I, I can't speak freely on it or um, at least relevantly on it. I don't know. I'll, yeah, no. I'll be honest. I'm I'm hoping that somebody does like watch this and uh, put something in the comments because I, it's really hard to say like if, if, if something like this show would be actually enjoyable without watching or knowing any of the extra media 
like you know you watched a movie and i never i saw the movie and realistically i had no idea what the hell to expect and i i the minute i saw patel doing his stupid dance <laughs> i was like what is going on here and it, it, i instantly fell in love with the movie after that first battle i was like this is absolutely amazing what the hell's going on here you know and this one it doesn't have the same impact um instead you get like the fall of gideon you know and the rise of patel which is really awkward to be honest yes if you don't know who gideon is like he hasn't been built up like when you saw gideon in the movie he was already kind of built up by Ramona, you know, and even like your other, um, the bandmates, you have the G man out there, the, the realization they're the same person, all this kind of stuff. Like it built him up to be this entity, this big antagonist. So to have him, I mean, from our perspective with that information, see him fall so early on and kind of see that, you know, background <laughs> is really cool. But for somebody else, they're just gonna be like, what's the deal with this guy? Um, him hanging out with Lucas Lee. Yeah. <laughs> hanging out with Lucas Lee inside the apartment <laughs> playing video games. Goose, Goose and Lucas. <laughs> and and, and yeah. creating a half pipe inside the house. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's interesting. If anybody does ever watch this or hear this and they are coming in fresh to the Scott Pil- uh, Pilgrim franchise and you want to start with this anime, um, I don't think you're going to get the most out of it, but I'd be curious. If you are someone who ends up going that route, please write something in the comments. Tell us what you thought. Did this inspire you to watch more Scott Pilgrim? Did it turn you off to the series completely? Did it does not make sense? Like, what's your take on it? I don't think this would be the best place to start, but I could be mistaken. All righty, so I think that's everything for Scott Pilgrim. So now we're going to move on to our last official topic for our uh, holiday spe- Christmas special for the Interchessment podcast. So we're going to be Which moving on. isn't Christmassy on. at all. So wow. We're terrible at doing holiday specials, by the way, if you haven't, haven't caught on. <laughs> I don't know. You can put I on some our... fake Christmas hats, and that's about the extent of it. <laughs> I guess. So yeah, we're going to move on to our final topic, which, I again, I wanted to kind of put this one in here it's just because in a few days the game awards is happening and i thought it might be fun for us just to kind of go through a couple of the announcements that have kind of come out of it before it happens and to go through some of these uh, nominees and uh, other things that are happening uh it's uh, a before very we do that i am curious um well, how do you guys feel about the game awards like do you guys watch it every year do you think it's a big I watch it every moment year. for the industry yes <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of it, even though I watch it every year, but I watch it every year because I'm a nerd. I don't know. I I like seeing the one or two big announcements that come out of it. What about you, Metal? Do you ever sit down on your own and watch the Game Awards? It's lost his luster over the years, I'll be honest. Thursday night? I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to watch it with you in a couple of days. Um, I I feel (laughs) like it's lost a lot of, like... There was a magic to everything, and we've we spoke about know. this like last year. I don't year. know if it ever had a magic when I it was think. back on Spike TV. No nah, man, like back in the Dorito I Mountain man. Days. I, I kind of yeah. <laughs> I miss like the, the the good old days of E3, man. Like that was where I was at. Right well, that there, that I agree with you. Like th- this doesn't give me that same feeling, you know. Like it's like I don't know something about it. It's just oh, it's just another. You know, sound like an here's a bunch of here's award show. here's just a bunch of award shows with things and whatever and long drawn out people talking about long drawn out things that yeah. and people they get these guests that don't know what the hell they're talking about, you know. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just over it. To be fair, as far as award shows go, go I do 
appreciate what this one is doing. It is recognizing the industry, like the ones who build the, this content. Um, I mean, you can say that for anything, the Oscars, the Grammys, whatever. But for this medium, I think acknowledging, especially in a year like this, where you've had so many developers lose their job and whatnot, which I know is already kind of a hot button topic for a lot. But to recognize those who worked on a game, I think is important because for those who did lose their jobs this year, if their name is tied to one of these uh, acclaim award winning nominees, that's good for them. It gives them recognition for the work they did put in. Hopefully, gets them back on their feet or they're finding a new position somewhere. Oh. So I think that's good. What I hate about this thing is it's basically a three to four hour ad. Oh, I was that was gonna say that. Yep. Yeah. Just long and drawn out. It's not that's just an cool. ad, but Jeff Keeley has never done a good job of hiding. You're saying you're right. He's never done a good job of hiding the sponsors. Like the sponsors have always been at the forefront. They get most of the the airtime. And it's, it's what Which makes it a fine. four-hour it's show. It's an award show. I mean, that's what this is. But it is so drawn out now. It gets kind of pompy, which I don't like, or pompous. Um, and here's the thing. If all you care about is the trailers and the winners, wait till the whole thing's aired. Everything's on YouTube. You can watch every trailer in like 30 minutes, run through a rundown of who won, and be done with the whole <laughs> thing in under an hour. That's how I fun. consume the video That's game awards. Cool. Uh, I don't think four hours is fun, Chaz. I'm sorry. Uh, world premiere. Uh, world premiere. That's not world happening premiere. anymore. They got rid of that yeah, designation. I mean, we can it's we just... can always we can always hope for another Steam Deck. <laughs> like, I mean, they had like some surprise announcements, but those are so far and few between. Like. The last one I really remember that was a surprise was um, didn't they announce like the Xbox Series X there five years ago or something? A lot of people think maybe Nintendo's might get shown here, although Nintendo has never had a big presence at the Game Awards, so I don't think it doesn't make sense to me no. for them to do that. But I'm surprised they didn't at least like release um, GTA 6 trailer here. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, all the that would have been a very to. expensive get for the Game Awards, though I think. Yeah. Which um, I think that's why I just, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll ranch if I'm not careful. I'm no, not I a just, big fan of the game. In my, in my notes, on. I just had a couple quick things to throw in and then we can get into the categories. But I, as you said, uh, Keeley did say that there will be no more world premiere designation on any anything. I don't know what they're going to replace it with. It's going to be... I don't need anything. It, who cares if it's a world premiere? It's a galaxy trailer. Galaxy premiere. It's so redundant <laughs> and just... Oh, God... Yeah. Um, another thing, apparently, Keeley has said he's gotten Zangief to be part of the security team now. <laughs> so no more running up on they stage. They don't have any um, no what, more little Bill, Bill Clinton, foreign uh, Italian Bill Clinton haters or whatever it was. He's gotten the Undertaker uh, to prevent people. I don't know. But yeah, he says security's beefed up. He's, no one should be running up on stage anymore, interrupting. And then that's the, good because that was taking the moment away from once again the developers spotlight who, away from their people. moment in the sun yeah no um and then the only other thing i had before we get into that is that uh a big topic with this is uh, everyone knows keely always likes to play favorites and talks about what he wants to talk about he has his friends and connections like kojima and other people that he has tied to the show so a lot of people have been giving or, or it hasn't happened but are I've been kind of trying to put pressure on them that they feel like with the recent mass layoffs and the industry being where it is, a lot of people are like, this is something Keeley should talk about at, at the show. And I don't know, I can see on Phoenix's face, 
I don't think that, it's not so... the place, I don't think, for something like that, but... And this is not the only thing. Like, I'm not trying to go into a deeper rabbit hole, but have you seen the other controversy about um, uh, many people are wanting them to take this as a chance to talk about the stuff oh, going on with Palestine Israel, and Israel and Hamas and God. I didn't and all know that. that. But... Uh, well, apparently they asked, um, there was going to be, I can't remember who it was, there was a developer who was going to present an award, and in her presentation, she wanted to, she wanted to take it. a moment and acknowledge it. Um, the humanitarian crisis going on, support if for etc. I don't think that's a problem. And they told her no. They told... Here's the thing. You're. Oh, man. This could be a slippery slope. I know. It could make people mad. I don't feel like this is the place to give people a political platform. To talk... Like, if you give every presenter an opportunity to talk about how they feel about this... For one, everybody's going to agree, regardless if you feel like there's one wrong or right answer to this. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to all the other presenters? For one, it's also taking focus away from the awards. It, and once again, you're opening it up then for every presenter to have that soapbox to talk about their political mm, perspective. I, I understand things. that. I, I, I get it. I still I don't. I don't, agree. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, I understand it, but I mean... I don't know. That's a very people are going to take different opinions on this, and I'm certainly not one to anger anybody. I've got my own feelings towards it, but I don't feel like this <laughs> is the venue to discuss this. I feel I like don't. that's. I mean, this is about video games and developers. I think they were trying to argue for that one particular award. There was some kind of correlation there. I don't even recall what it was, but I feel like it was a stretch, regardless. And this just isn't the platform to, for to it. To me, that's more but, understandable, though, if it's coming from an award winner like whatever i guess what it but wasn't f- coming from the award winner it was coming from the person presenting the award to the award oh winner. that's totally different that's totally i thought you were saying someone who's no, it's not a like nominee an award wanted to no, say it's something. not like the winner coming up and during their acceptance speech saying something. i was gonna say they not- should be able to say what they kind of what they want but even then uh, even then i would <laughs> call now but i think that's at least more reasonable than the, the people putting on the show the presenter though, should be presenting yes yeah they yes, should be yes. saying this is the nomin these are the nominees i i don't know i, no, I say i'm not I, going I, on I agree with you I'm there sorry. no i agree with you i guess back to your original point though is this also a similar issue with the state of the industry and all these firings that i at least think is more relevant it pertains to, to what yeah, we're the industry. talking about but even then, what? How do you handle that? Like, that's a very tricky thing. I just um, think people are using it to jab at Keeley because when Konami was doing the Kojima thing, he was like so willing to talk crap about Konami on stage, and I, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's just people are just like. I think people are just yeah, using it to kind of. There are different him. circumstances to a certain extent, like. These are not apples to apples. I'm not saying there isn't some, you know, consistency or overlap here. These are controversial topics. The stuff that Konami was doing explicitly to Kojima, I think, was a little different. What's happening now at the scale of all these industry layoffs is different. But to be fair, it also is very relevant to awarding, um, giving awards to these developers who have now been laid off. So... I don't know. I don't know if it's a beneficial thing for them to do. I wouldn't rec- necessarily recommend that they need to do it. If he does, fair enough. But I can certainly understand the hesitance to it, wanting to tread that. I just thought about another aspect of it, but it is very odd that like 
I know Bungie and Destiny 2 is a part of the best ongoing game category, and it's like, what happens if that team wins when that entire team behind Half that has team been is gone. is gone? It's like, so who exactly gets <laughs> that award, and what does it mean? It's like yeah. that situation to me is very like, it's it's like kind of what was the word you used with Pilgrim? It's yucky or grimy. It's very. Uh, I remember what word you used. Know, scummy, I remember what scummy. I said. Scummy, yeah. That's um, very kind of lowly. It was like shady. Yeah, okay, so what would you say? If you were in Keeley's shoes, how would you do something to mitigate that issue? Like, Bungie's already been nominated. They could win. So what would Keeley get up there and say after the fact? Be like, whoops. <laughs> I mean, like... Or does he just get up at the beginning of the entire award show and just kind of do a blanket... It's a terrible loss. I don't know. He like... pulls, out, pulls out his slide whistle. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I am not someone who can handle PR very well, so I'm the wrong person to probably offer any advice about any of this, but I find that to be a very tricky thing. Mm -hmm. um, there are people I'm sure being paid far more money than I'm ever going to see to go ahead and try to figure out how to navigate those waters. So more luck to Keeley if he is wanting to come up with some kind of statement for that or any of these, whether it be the political aspect of the stuff going on with um, you know Israel and Gaza or the stuff going on with the losses of um, jobs in the industry. There's, and this is what I think is crappy about it. It it tarnishes what could be a hopefully nice night for these nominees, right? I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the award shows anyway, so maybe I'm not the one who should be judging, but I don't know. It just paints a weird picture on the yeah. whole thing. All right. Well, that's all I'm I had sorry. on my mind. So we're going to go ahead and dive in. So we're just going to go ahead and look at the categories. We'll stop at the bottom, huh? Um, again, ones that don't pertain to us i don't feel like it's necessary i mean i don't know anything about esports same thing with you guys that's not one any of you care I about follow um <laughs> uh what what is it um what's the overwatch league owl or something like that i, I don't know i don't know anything about esports i'm sorry <laughs> dingo i don't know uh esports coach don't know esports team esports athlete okay esports game no there, content creator of the year. That's something I think I might know about. Uh, I don't know. Again, right, let's start did, there. Did you guys want to just pick one? Where do you guys want to start? Start here. I'll start with the one you're on. We'll just start okay. going up the list. Let's see. Okay. So, uh, I I've heard of. So it looks like we have Iron Mouse. People make games. Quackity screen and Sverpke. Cipher. How do you say that? Cipher. Cipher PK. Oh, that's it. Makes Cipher PK. That sounds. Cipher's a perk. All right then. That's a bad. That's a bad name, dude. You gotta choose a different name than that. Yeah, Inner is a lot better. This is a wild set of nominees. So I actually only know one of these people, but I do know Quackity is a very big name in the uh, content creator sphere. Um, so I would say he was probably the one I would think would win. I don't know. This is one I definitely don't know much about. I've heard of this one's This one's hard for me. I don't know a lot of these guys. I've heard a few of these names, but this is so niche. Like when you talk about content creators, like everybody is based on what games you like, right? So like 
if you are a Minecraft guy, you're going to go for the biggest Minecraft content creator. If you love GTA, if you love this, you love that. So how do they pick these content creators? I Like, is it based on just who has the biggest, like, following? Yeah, probably. Um, probably. Is it based on the biggest games that they, like, I don't know. Because I, I would pick different content creators up there. But that's, that's my other issue like the Game Awards. Like, these don't always represent the player base very well, right? It's, you know, uh, these how, nominees come from all over the place. How am I not on here? It's so stupid. Oh, I Let's I Photoshop must, you in and see if we can I, hack the website. I must have, like, there, I must have just missed the, uh, I'm, I'm on, like, the, the next tier down, I'm sure. Um, Was I'm that sure. a category last was that a I, category last year as well? I have no idea. Probably. I feel like they have too many categories here. <laughs> this is why it takes why four hours. Why don't we just do like a few? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not going to do it. Um, like, I don't have an anticipated game. Yeah, the ones that I feel like we feel like are interested in. That's all. Yeah. Oh, there's a loading screen? That seems gamey. Um, <laughs> all right. This so this interesting. There are a couple on here. Yeah. yeah. Best, best adaptations pretty cool well no this is a uh, most anticipated game oh wow this one's a tough one so i would say for me it's between rebirth or hades and i just yeah. think hades hades is my jam i gotta go hades it is like i think i will play hades a crap load rebirth is gonna be the, anything else it's gonna, rebirth's gonna be the bigger game though but i'm just really interested in what they're doing with final fantasy stuff right now like I know this isn't for everybody, but I loved how they ended Remake, and I'm very curious to see how they change things up. So, yeah, I would probably say Rebirth, but Hades is real close for me. What about you, Game? What about you, Metal? Probably Rebirth. Oh, he knows. It's not oh, Rebirth, I'm sorry. I love Tekken, but, you know, that's not really anticipating for me. Like, it's just, I love fighting games, but I don't know, man. That that, that Rebirth. I'm not, kinda... I'm not quite sure... Why this Star Wars game is here? Because like while I'm intrigued, I feel like nobody knows anything. I mean, maybe that's the point of. The they showed that one gameplay trailer a while back. I mean, people are interested. Star Wars is a big IP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I think adaptation is that. Let's see what those are. I that's guess. probably similar to the one that we have for ours. So it looks like yeah. Twisted Metal, Super Mario, There's... Last of Us, Turismo, Castlevania. Yeah. Like yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Last of Us for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Hmm. Like the Mario movie was, we've talked about it, but I thought it was fine. It did what it needed to do, but I don't feel like I got any more out of it than I. I yeah, I feel like I needed a little needed. something extra from the Mario movie. Like I enjoyed it, but it felt very surface level, uh, which I mean, uh, what are you going to expect from a Mario movie? But I guess somehow I expected a little more. I wasn't expecting Citizen Kane or anything, but yeah, I'd go Last of Us. I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. So uh, best multiplayer. This is an interesting one because I don't, I don't even play multiplayers anymore. Um, what do we have? Baldur's no Gate. I know Baldur's Gate has like a co-op. Same thing, Diablo. Street Fighter Six. Mario. Mario Wonder has PvP? Oh. Not PvP, co uh, multiplayer. That doesn't mean um, competitive. That could be co-op, which yeah. Wonder does have. It's actually a pretty good system. Um, it doesn't feel like traditional co-op. You have like you know, ghost players kind of playing alongside you that you can interact with. It's uh, it's an interesting way to handle it. How did we not play party animals? I feel like 
I did. We, we, you did? I totally I skipped played, over. Oh, I didn't play with you. I played with my daughter. Oh. Yeah. Should have played. Uh, Diablo. What? I'd go with Diablo still. I got into Diablo at a certain point. I would say Diablo. Diablo is the only multiplayer game I've played. So. Yeah, I would have to agree on that one. And the only I didn't even play much of it. I just know me and Gamer played it for like an hour or two. That was about it. I was interesting. There was like for me, it's not any better than Diablo three. It's just Diablo multiplayer does in general is fun. So I don't no. think anyone here plays sports or racing don't games. Uh, don't, I don't care about um, best. Fa- no, I don't care about best. I think it's family game. Like, what's the? Oh, I was kidding. No, like, <laughs> what's what like game? Jackbox or something? Who likes baby games? I'm guessing. Oh, Mario Wonders there. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Hey, look, Barney animals again. I heard. I wish I had played it, but I heard Pikmin Four is like really good. I heard a lot of people say it's like the best Pikmin game, which is, um, I don't know. But mm. I so it sounds like Mario Wonder. That's the only one anyone's here has played. <laughs> um. So what do we got? Best family, best let's fighting. Do our, let's do RPG. RPG. Yeah, RPG. There's so many this year that came out. Ooh, 16s. Oh, oh CS Stars. I wanted to play CS Stars. I want to play. Maybe oh, I'll that's play an that. easy one, though. It's Starfield. No, shoot. Starfield ended up on there. That's hilarious. Wow. Is Liza P really a, an RPG? I mean, I know it was more of a Souls like. Souls Did it have a lot of RPG? I have huh. no idea. I mean, it probably has RPG elements, I'm guessing. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't play it, so I can't say. I'm the last um, guy to talk to you about Souls like games. <laughs> See, I would have a hard time picking these because I can't stand Starfield. Yeah, 16 by far for me. 16 for me. I think it's my issue. I would need to play 16 because from still everything I've heard about it, it doesn't sound like a great RPG. It sounds like a fun game. It doesn't sound like a great RPG. I'm changing my mind. I would give it to Baldur's Gate because I've played both, didn't finish Baldur's, but like the RPG aspects make Final Fantasy 16 seemed like a baby game. So I would say, for this category specifically, I would say Baldur's has to take it. In my I opinion. feel I feel like if I play Sea of Stars, I would just trump over everything. Yeah. <laughs> just the issue opinion. here is there's a few games that I would need to play that I think would trump what I currently had some experience with. Like Sea of Stars, I think you're right, would probably get close to edging out the rest room for me if I played this based upon what I've seen of it. Yep. And Baldur's Gate, I, I'm almost afraid to start it because I know it's a pretty big endeavor, but I have a feeling both of those are going to be truer RPGs as opposed to the other ones. I heard somebody on a different podcast talking about Baldur's Gate and everyone on there was talking about how great it was. And there was one other person on there that had my exact same opinion about how they hated the combat and they didn't like the inventory system. And I was like, okay, so there's some people. You have one other friend in the world, Chaz. So, <laughs> so happy for you. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I agree. I think if here, if you're look, probably Sea of Stars or Baldur's Gate, even though I haven't played Sea of Stars, I've heard that game is like really hard. So if it, I would assume that means it has like a robust RPG system. It's on Game Pass, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it is. Man, I need to play it over the holiday break. Okay. Best action adventure. Uh, let's see what we got you. Oh, Mario so there's a couple. Wonder. There's three I've played. <laughs> Ooh. So I would Ooh. say like if we're talking best action adventure, even though I liked oh, Alan Wake 2, I would think Alan Wake 2 should be out of here because of that to me it's if you're talking about action adventure it's got to be spider-man or zelda 
if out of the ones I've played. Yeah. Um, Maybe Spider-Man. It's hard. Cause there's a lot I haven't played. I have a lot of experience with like all of these. Like so, Alan Wake Two, I played through. Spider-Man Two, I played through. <laughs> I haven't played through the new remake of RE4. I played the original, um, and I've seen a lot of the new one. I haven't played Jedi Survivor, but I played the original. So assuming the gameplay is anything like that, I have a pretty good idea where it's at. And then, of course, we've all played Tears of the Kingdom. Um, Man, this is kind of tough because I'll tell you, how do you define the action adventure side of things? Do you prioritize action or do you prioritize the adventure aspect? I think here's my issue with it. Action is really kind of a vague term. Like all of these are action games, right? Um, the adventure part, I think, is almost the more pertinent part of this. Like, which game of these do you feel like you are adventuring in? I didn't feel like that in Alan Wake. RE4, I don't really get that same feeling from. Spider-Man, I honestly don't really get that feeling no, from. Yeah, As an right. adventure Zelda, game. in terms of adventure. Zelda's like the only Zelda one. Zelda or Jedi Survivor would probably fit those categories. Because, I mean, I didn't play Jedi Survivor, but if I think back to, um, was it Fallen Order? Felt a little adventure. I mean, it was a little more, you know, structured adventure, but it felt adventure. But Tears of the Kingdom is the true adventure game. Um, Fair enough. I would probably go Tears of the Kingdom, although the action's a little slower in it. I mean, I guess that'd be the other <laughs> flip side to that. Like the other games are definitely, I think, more actiony. Um, yeah, man, that. that's a little tough. I'm oh. gonna say Tears of the Kingdom, just because I haven't played. Um, Jedi Survivor, so it's hard for me to give a better perspective there, but I'm going to say Tears. Okay. Um, let's see. So what do we just did? Action Adventure? Best Act... Why do you... Action Adventure Action? So... See, and that makes you think that you really need to lean on the adventure side in the other category. Okay. I see what you mean. So we have Hi-Fi Rush, Remnant 2, Dead Island 2, Fires of Rubicon, Ghost Runner. I've played only... I've only played one Hi-Fi. Of these. So... Hi-Fi is the only one. So this... It wins. Easy. Let's move on. <laughs> Hi-Fi, I wouldn't say, though, is like... It's fun, but it's not like the most action-y game I've ever yeah. played. I have a feeling well, if you... If I played... Fires or these. Rubicon would have more action. I was going to say, if you played Fires or Rubicon, I'm sure I mean, compared to that, it's like, whoa. That game's pretty crazy. <laughs> There's a I'll lot going on. You guys, I have a feeling... I've not played enough of these. I have a feeling Rubicon's going to take that category. Yeah. Like that hands uh, a down, lot of people have... love Dead Island 2 this year too and Remnant 2. So uh how anybody played VR games? We can skip over the VR stuff. I Best dabbled, game. but I don't well maybe um, too casual. Well, Snap doesn't count as this year, right? Hey, let's see the mobile, but I don't think I played enough of them. So Hello Kitty, Conkai, Evergrow, no, nothing I've played. Hey, I didn't even know there was what's Ever Crisis. I haven't I new missed something. New Final Fantasy game. I didn't realize that was even a thing for mobile. Neither did I. I know about Monster Hunter now and Terra Nil. But, uh, I have no perspective on these guys. The only Marvel, or no, the only Marvel, the only mobile game I played this year has been uh, Marvel Snap, but that wasn't even technically this year. So, so I know about HoYoVerse, but I don't. I didn't play that game. Like I played another game. Would you call me? HoYo. HoYo. Oh. Ooh. I was kidding. All right, so All right, let's move on. Best mobile, best debut indie game. What does that even mean? Best, best dating game? game? Uh, an indie debut. game that just came out. So it's out. a best new indie game. Um, uh, so Cocoon, I played Viewfinder. Cocoon and Viewfinder. 
I like <laughs> Viewfinder more than Cocoon, maybe? Oh, man, that's kind of tough. Pizza Tower is interesting. Pizza Tower is like that Wario type type game. They 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 goes off of the Wario land. Mm. I'll tell you if I'm just between Cocoon and Viewfinder. Like Cocoon, I think is, is Viewfinder an indie game? I thought is it is Thunderful a big company? I don't know. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Actually, actually, um, Dredge is Dredge is pretty good from what I from what I recall. I heard Dredge was good. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with Viewfinder just because I think it was the more unique gameplay mechanic that I experienced. Cocoon, I think, is probably the better game overall. Viewfinder definitely wavers at a certain point, but Viewfinder is pretty pretty spectacular early on. So I think I'll in terms of Viewfinder. names, Viewfinder is the biggest out of the five. Cocoon even though... is pretty big, too, though. I mean, I think yeah. they got a lot of uh, critical acclaim recently. Okay, so best indie game. So this is best indie game in general. And this is the one of the bigger controversial or controversial options because it's got... Dave, Dave, Dave the Diver, which Mint Rocket is like a billion dollar studio or some nonsense or publisher. They are the publisher they're under is this billion dollar entity. You know what's crazy Um, is this is. No, it's it's funny you say that because Dave the Diver is one of the few games this year. I can remember like. It was weird. It was like like you're right. It's an indie game, but I felt like throughout the year it was an indie game, though. No, How but do you I'm, define I'm, indie I'm, game? I'm, I'm saying even I am I perceived it as an indie game, but throughout the entire year, because it looked like a SNES game, because it looked like a SNES game, but throughout Check. the entire year, it felt like it got a it got a weird ad push. It got weird like push because you would see it, it actually wasn't indie. It was actually advertised on YouTube, so it was just like really, it's like I don't know. It had major marketing. How much money went into development? I feel like the studio is barely large. I could be wrong. Like I don't know all the details, but I know by most metrics, people would not consider this an indie game. I think most, the majority of people, probably agree with that. And that's the big controversy: is how did it end up here? Is it because it looks like an indie game? Jeff Keighley um, came out to try to mitigate this a little bit, and he gave this really vague response: like, "Well, we all look at indie games differently. Is it because they're underfunded, or is it because they just have the heart of an independent developer?" Oh, it's just so this really, yeah, kind of. I mean, and I'm probably misphrasing or misquoting him, so I apologize. But if you go back and read his official response, it's very dodgy it doesn't really give any clarative um, definition of what indie game category is i think that's why this is so iffy if dave the diver wins here's the thing too as if you were a true indie developer and i know a lot of these developers are bigger indie developers like the guys behind cocoon have had a lot of success and whatnot but if you really were just one of these you know scrappy independent developers who barely got through finally got your game onto this nominee list after X amount of years of, you know, scrounging by, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get beat by a billion dollar entity that snuck into your indie uh, category. That's going to hurt. That's going to burn you in a way it shouldn't. Now, most people would hopefully recognize that, but plenty of people won't either. And I think that's kind of crappy. So I don't know. I agree. Um, And I think that's why Dave the Diver is going to (laughs) win. <laughs> yeah. well, I think it's got, it's got the it's the most what's well known I think it's of all the, of by these, far the most well known point. out of all of these and it's because it's because it's that <laughs> I don't know yep. all right 
I think maybe because of that, that David Diver's not going to win. Because you imagine how angry yeah, people would that's be. That's a bullet they need to dodge. Like, I, I, I hope they're not doing, like, you know, rigging of votes and whatnot. So whoever wins should win. But, whoever man, if that plays votes. out that way, yikes. All right, so... Same best... as you hear, like, if Destiny wins, we're, well, I, we're yeah, in trouble. Best, best community support Destiny 2, even though that comp, that game is, like, in the worst position right they now. They fired their community team. Yeah. <laughs> How can they win? Uh, I feel like, by far, this one's got to be... Probably No Man's Sky, Cyberpunk, or Bartles. Cyber. Because Cyber's got a big, cyber it's no got a big comeback. Sky. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I would go No Man's Sky because I feel like if we're looking at community, like Cyberpunk's community has come and gone, but it's not like this, at least to my understanding, it's not like an ongoing community the same way. Where like you'll hop in, you'll enjoy Cyberpunk. I don't know if people are like playing it for hours and hours and hours, not in like a live service kind of thing. No Man's Sky is kind of this growing experience, right? I think the way they've evolved this game over the years for their community to have long-term engagement that's something I think pretty impactful. So my vote would go for No Man's Sky. Yeah, I agree. One of those, one of the they've they've had a lot. Um, best ongoing game. So let's see. Um, will Destiny Two be here still? No. So we got Apex, Cyberpunk, Sixteen, Fortnite, Genshin. I don't know why Sixteen is here. I don't. Know. Wait, no, that's not Sixteen. That's Fourteen. Is that Fourteen? Oh, okay. I was gonna Ooh. say. Well, that. Ooh, I wonder that if that changes my opinion on the last okay. game. I'm was sorry. that the last I, one? I miss. Okay. Well, for on um for both a community now, go out to community support really quick. Yeah, community. Yeah, I, I blanked out there too. I think because the characters looks he looks just like. I thought the dude he was from... Strife <laughs> or not yeah. Strife. Yeah. It's a. Uh... It's not. What's his name? Uh. Cloud Strife. Uh, Clyde. 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 Uh, their names are so. You guys similar. played it. You should know. Yeah. Um, well, that's a trickier thing than I would definitely say 14 or No Man's Sky. Either one of those. 14 has had crazy support for I agree. One of those two. And it just keeps on growing. I think if and any of those are right. cyber. I don't know about you. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. I was going to say, if you've gotten emails already, they're about to pull out the freaking Christmas thing. So it's like, yep. man, they're, they're, they've been on it. 14's been on it. Well, uh, if they don't yeah. win the other one, I'd vote for them here. Uh, best ongoing. I think Genshin. Yep, Genshin's such a big name. Or Fortnite too. too. Fortnite or Genshin. Th- those ones will probably take it. I feel like Fort uh, 14's been around so long and they've already kind of had their redemption story. They've already kind of gotten a lot of accolades for it. So not that they don't still deserve it, but I think some other games might take the win there. Okay. So this is, what is, this? is games for impact. So it's like games that have like positive messaging or some sort of uh, this was the one with that presenter debacle. Is where it really? Talk about the humanitarian. Well, oh, this is the category for that. <laughs> I could see that. I believe. Oh boy. So we have a, a game called Venda. I haven't played these games. Tertana I don't know any of these NL. games. Uh, Space for the Unbound, Chance of Senar, Goodbye Volcano High, and Chia. I do know of Volcano High. That's one I've at least read a little bit about. The other ones, I couldn't say. I've heard of Chia, and I've heard of Volcano High. All right, so best performance. We have Ben Starr, who I believe he... That would be He's your Clive guy. He's your Clive guy. Cameron Monaghan, Idris Elba, Alan Wake 2. You're going to vote for... <laughs> you're going to vote for Melanie. I already know. 
Um, and then Baldur's Gate and Yuri Lowenthal for Marvel Spider-Man 2. Oh, man. She was Saga, right? That's why I was joking about Yeah, that's Saga. Your favorite character in that one. So who is Yuri Lowenthal? Is he Spider-Man? He's Spider-Man, yeah. Oh. Okay. Peter Parker. He looks um, like a, a young... <laughs> well, I'm getting into trouble now. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, I don't know. I mean, all, all these guys do great jobs. Just the ones that I've um, had exposure to. I would vote for Ben Starr. I loved him as a. Gosh, why can't I remember the name of the character? I already forgot. Clive. His name. Clive. I, I I keep saying Strife, and I don't know why. It's that's stupid. Wrong game. I know. Wrong part. <laughs> so, I mean, again, it's this is the part of the problem with not having played every single game. You know, yeah, you just have to pick the ones you play from your perspective, so it's tricky. Um, even though I did, I didn't, Elba, I didn't hate Melanie with her performance, I thought it was just I didn't love it. I'll I be honest, yeah. I I thought it was lacking in some place. Now, it could have been direction, it could have been the game, it could have been the writing, but just Honestly, based I'm upon kind of, what I did play, I didn't care for it. I'm kind much. of curious why she's on here because while I didn't hate her character, it was very. Uh, well, we said it in the in our talk, but like, she was very like kind of monotone throughout, or very. Yeah, she was static. flat early on, and I yeah. feel like her emotional reaction <laughs> to certain things were weird. But once again, that could be direction. Like, I don't yeah. want to fault the actor or actress's performance solely based upon that, because like, there's a lot of contributing how's factors the there. The guy that played Alan Wake not on here versus, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, a little tricky. Um, For me, Ben. I, I don't know if I can give a good uh, take here. A lot of these I haven't played. I think the only game here I have played beyond um, Alan Wake is Spider Man. But I like the Cameron Mon. Um, was it Monaghan? Monaghan. Say last name. Monaghan. Mon- yeah. Oh, it's just Monaghan. Man, Monaghan. I don't know how to speak. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> Monaghan. Uh, I liked him in the first um, Star Wars game, but once again, I played this one, so I can't really speak. He was only in the worst Batman TV show ever. Yeah, he's Joker. No, that show was awful. Um, okay, best audio design. Now this one, uh, Alan Wake had better be on here for this one. Yeah, although you've got Dead Space on here as well. Although I didn't play the remake. Um, also, Hi-Fi. Nah, that's. I would say Alan Wake too. That that's one of the strongest points of that game. I love the audio throughout that one we're not talking soundtrack necessarily we're talking about just yeah the audio environment mm-hmm. stuff yeah i said i haven't played a couple of these i, liked I it know probably of all did a the, fantastic job all the, the the ghosts or spirits or whatever whenever you're walking around you're hearing the whispers yeah and all it's that it sets a good tone like the mm-hmm. game does some good world building through its audio design hi-fi almost seems too on the nose for this like yeah. the music's fine but it's also if you don't jive with the music you're not going to care to for it be as much. Fair, it's and, kind of um it's kind of cheating to have horror games on here cuz it's kind of the whole point of those games is like audio work is like one of the integral aspects I'm really of surprised like Zelda's not here. Like why isn't Zelda here? I don't know. Mm. Oh, cuz you have 3 quote unquote survival or action horror games here, which you're right. I think that's a lot from a genre. I'm not saying they all didn't do a fabulous job, but 
I feel like there should be some better representation there for the can uh, nominees. Like a Zelda, I think would be a good option. There's probably a few others. So I don't know. I guess I'll go Alan Wake, but I think there were better games this year that had better sound design. Okay, so uh, back here, uh, audio design, best score in music. So this is will bring back Hi-Fi. This is probably more suiting for Hi-Fi. There's Zelda. So I didn't think the soundtrack with Zelda was as I don't know. Maybe it didn't stand out as much to me. Like it was still good. I'm trying to easily kind of segregate these two categories a little bit. When you have audio design versus the soundtrack, because I almost would give the sound design more to Zelda and the soundtrack to something else. Because the atmosphere that like you get just walking on the high uh, Hyrulean fields of like the wind kind of going by, like in the kind of piano notes and whatnot. Like I thought that not from a soundtrack perspective or from an audio design perspective that was impactful but i would give it to 16 um i loved the music all throughout 16 now granted that's kind of cheating because there's a lot of reworkings of like classical final fantasy music but like i don't know it's I hard to be orchestrated final fantasy it's hard to be yeah orchestrated but you can also just say the same thing for Legend of Zelda, if that's the case, because a lot of the stuff they use, some stuff that is about the same, but just, you know, new and re revamped. Mm -hmm. At least for 16, there's new stuff. Final Fantasy is better than Zelda, though. <laughs> I don't feel like from a soundtrack perspective, Tears of the Kingdom, even Breath of the Wild are nearly as good. Like, I think their audio design, like, in the world is really good. Mm -hmm. But as far as the big, like, overture stuff, it's, for me, not nearly as recognizable. Like, you play Great. the um, Overture for Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, or Ocarina, I'm like, bam, I know exactly where we're at. I mean, not that I couldn't, you know, pick one of the Twilight or Breath of the Wild tracks, but they don't hit as hard. Uh, at least not for me. Yeah, I agree. Okay, best art direction. This is an interesting one. I love art. So we've got... <laughs> Sounds pretentious. I love art. Uh, <laughs> Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of Peace, Super Mario Brothers, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I would say Hi-Fi Rush for me. I mean, I loved Alan Wake 2, but it's... I don't know if I'd call that like an artsy game. Like, it was... I don't know. For me, I liked Hi-Fi Rush. Artsy. Art designs. Like, how they designed the world. Like, picturing New York New in York Alan Wake. Yeah. Uh, like the subway stuff. Um, I mean, there's definitely, I think, good art design in Alan Wake too. Um, as I don't know if I would say across the board if it would be better than these other games, but I I see why it's on here. Maybe, I just would um, go Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi Rush felt like something different. I don't know, and I know it's not the first art style of that form, but it was intri intriguing and interesting. I feel like what they put together there. I I don't know. I feel like it's, I mean, I don't be wrong. It was a definitely a um, splash of color when it came out. I mean, having something kind of cartoony at that point, I think was nice, but there are plenty of the games that do the cell shaded look as good, if not better, like put that against like jet set radio. I don't know what I'm choosing all day long. Um, I don't know. This one's a little tricky. Um, I'm trying Although to Mario, you wonder you could say it was like a semi fresh, take on like the mario aesthetic was, i don't think it's the most amazing thing in the world but i think it was it was a nice coat of fresh paint hi-fi rush <sighs> i would um i'm leaning either zelda or alan wake actually um 
because Zelda has good art. Like, if we take anything away from it, I think the way they, you know, draw out their landscapes and their world and their references um, uh, from their like uh, conceptual artwork, I think is really strong. Um, I'm gonna say Zelda. I could probably be leaning towards Alan Wake, depending on my argument, but I'm gonna stick with Zelda. Gamer, you, you say Zelda? Yeah, I mean, it does have a nice art style. That that it does. Fair enough. I can think about some of the temples. It's they've hard. Done, it's hard to like... say like a Zelda game doesn't have great art style. Like they almost always have. Like, I think a... what might wear you thin though is the scope of Zelda. Like I think it's impactful when you first see some of the stuff at first. And then after you spend some time there, the impact dwindles just a little bit. But falling from the sky from the first time, the way you kind of fall through the clouds and the way that landscape kind of pans out, I think is very impactful from an artistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. So this one's tough for me. Best narrative. I loved the narrative of Alan Wake 2 and Final Fantasy 16. Gosh, that would be tough here. You guys take it away. I have to think about it. I, I, the only one here I can is spider-man i did not love the narrative man wait too i thought it was a little up its butt a little bit to be honest um a little pretentious and that's kind of the stick with a lot of remedy stuff but the way that game ended with no just... progression for any character it didn't clarify enough of anything so i mean is there a good story there Probably. I, w- I was just gonna you have say to work at it the unsatisfying nature a little bit of the ending i think is what's gonna draw me away from it i think i would go with 16. yeah Six, i would the imagine narrative is games the, <laughs> no the narrative is the only like strong point of 16. Like, even though i love it it's that's the only real thing it's got uh, i thought you thought the action was really good the action's fun yeah no the action's good and you said the soundtrack was really good and yeah. you said the <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> The only reason I'm saying Spider-Man is, and I don't think it's the best story on here. Honestly, I have a feeling that Baldur's Gate or Cyberpunk would probably have a better one. Maybe, maybe in Final Fantasy has the better story. Spider-Man's just the only other one I've played and spent some time with this year. So I'm going to go with that. But I will honestly say I don't think that the Spider-Man narrative I, is amazing. It's I, good. But I think Baldur's incredible. Gate 3 is going to take this because that is a true RPG and the narrative is whatever you want it to be. So I think that's probably going to win because of that. Maybe... I think sometimes that can split audiences a little bit because depending on your take on it, the narrative, you may not like the way it pans out. Honestly, I feel like that's going to go to Final Fantasy. I've heard a lot of people, even like kind of pseudo, not non-gamers, uh, but friends of mine who just dabble with games, they love it because like this is like Game of Thrones, but in it's, game format. It's very drama-filled. And... There's lots of like... Yeah. There's a lot of sad moments, high moments, and mostly depression. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't be a surprised if that ends up taking it. Yeah. All right, so two more left. Best game direction. Oh, this one's weird. Best game direction. Game director, isn't it? No, it's direction. I'm direction. Sorry. So just yeah, overall right. direction Dang. when they took the game. Um, oh. As much oh, as I boy. like Spider-Man, <laughs> as much as I like Spider-Man, I couldn't give it to Spider-Man. Maybe oh, I would boy. give it to Zelda. Because even though there were aspects of it I didn't like, I thought it was interesting how it was trying to push you towards the underground area and I, I liked what it was doing i didn't necessarily think it did a perfect job of melding it all together but like in terms of how i don't know again in terms of how that game was put together i thought it was interesting 
I agree, but I have a hard time just because I think it depends on how you look at this category. Like if you're just looking like qualitatively, who did the best job? Yeah, I think you might be right. But I look at it as like for how I would like to see the game play out. I don't like some of the decisions that were made for Zelda because um, the game direction would involve the usage of that building mechanic, the way that dungeons were, you know, lessened to a certain extent. Like, I take issue with that. Now, quality-wise, do they do a fantastic job? Sure, but mm -hmm. it does call into question if I like those decisions they made as the game director. Because um, <coughs> with Alan Wake, I loved the game direction up until a certain point, and then it definitely kind of ventures off a little bit so i couldn't give it to that one because it's like alan wake is a little all over the place yeah um it's got some really cool moments but it's got some stuff that just feels odd like i know we've talked about the one the one section in alan wake the super flashy uh, champions of darkness or whatever mm. it was hail of darkness like uh, man that's such a weird section a lot of people are touting that as this incredible moment in gaming but honestly it feels very juxtaposed to the rest of the game like the combat involved with it is odd like and part of that's the direction so people are going to defend that i kind of felt different about it so i don't know i hate to um, say it's a tough one or no I, I won't go on i'm not gonna i'll stop where i'm at <laughs> i was gonna go off on a tangent okay so gamer did you choose probably zelda right that's the only one i think he's played that's really the only one i mean you can only do with so much of the Mario game. Um, Zelda, I mean, I like the way they, they they did the tears and how they drag you through some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, for for a game that really drew me in for a hundred hours, it's kind of kind of hard to justify I, why yeah. I I didn't like the direction of the game. I mean, compared to the other one, you know, the direction of this one was definitely a lot better. And I couldn't give it to Spider. We say the because... other one. You talk about. Dude, Breath, Breath, of Wild. Wild. Breath of the Wild, yeah. Because I, I agree with that. Because there are things in Breath of the Wild that I just didn't. It just didn't sit with me. This one was. It, it it drew me in a lot more. I mean, granted, you know, it took me about a year to finish the other one, but this one, you know. I, I won't argue. It's fine. <laughs> no, I was just gonna throw it one. Later. I couldn't give it to Spider-Man <laughs> or Spider-Man because. It, it, it felt like it was. It, it felt like it was going where it needed to go, but I don't necessarily feel like that game went in any crazy direction that really highlights very it. Very safe. Yeah, it's very safe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so this is game of the year. So oh, boy. Wonder, Zelda, RE4, somehow a remake's on here, uh, Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2. I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win it. I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 has got a lot of push behind it. It's like... Even though it's the third game in a series, it feels like the most fresh, and everyone thinks it's like the most revolutionary based upon, based upon yeah what everybody's been saying and the talk around it. I have a feeling you're right. I'm really sad because that's probably the one game I didn't play this year that I feel like I really should have. Uh, what has been like ten per, or ninety percent of the categories that are on here have had it on there, so mm -hmm. I, I hate that I haven't had the perspective from it. But the other thing too, like think about the other games here that I have played or have like familiarity with. I don't love any of these games. I kind of hate to say that. Um, this goes back to a conversation we had a while back. Like people are touting 2023 as like the best year in gaming in like decades. I don't feel that way. It's and the it's best very year much... ever for eights and nines. 
But again, yeah, like we said, I, were there that many tens? I I don't think I played one ten. It's not about it's not about ten. It's a, for and this is a revolutionary game or a game that like I'm not even talking revolution. I'm talking about just games that I have pure had the most fun with. Had the most fun um, with, yeah. Last year, like I feel like I had more fun last year with a lot of the games that came out. They they stand out more to me. Um, games this year, they've had good games. There's been good quality games, but my time with the games has not felt as uh, I don't know. I felt disappointed by a lot of games this year. Maybe I'll say that. And maybe it's because I've had expectations that got built up somewhere that I didn't realize, or I nitpicked something. But like Zelda. As much as I appreciate Tears of the Kingdom, I was overly disappointed with a few concepts or portions of it that I couldn't love that game. Spider-Man, I thought it was a great game, but I don't love it. Alan Wake 2, I took issue with. Like, I feel like that's for like just about every game this year. I I haven't loved. So not that none of these are all great games quantitatively, and I get why people love them. I just, I don't know. For me, this has not been the year that I think everybody else is touting it up to be. But that's just my perspective i'm sorry um i pick spider-man <laughs> no i pick alan wake but like you said it's not like it's not like the most uh i don't know the most proud game of the year pick i guess it's like uh eh, that's my game everything of the year. feels i mean i, I want to say safe that's not true um like i know Baldur's, and that's the thing i think if i would play Baldur's gate i might have a very different opinion here but zelda honestly felt safe to me for what they could have done. They added a few new things, sure, but it was Breath of the Wild 2.0, which I was if, a little um, disappointed if with. If Marvel Snap was on here, would it be any different? Yes. <laughs> no. Um, but I don't like Marvel Spider-Man. Very safe. RE4, I'm sure it's fantastic. As I played the original, I watched the new one, but it's RE4. That's a safe bet. Mario Wonder, although I liked a lot of stuff, I didn't find it as crazy innovative as everybody else did. Like, it did not feel like it didn't be. It doesn't beat Mario World for me, uh, which is kind of like my my uh, pinnacle up here. Mm. So it may if I would have played Baldur's Gate three, I'd felt differently. Alan Wake two, I thought was probably the most interesting of the ones I played on this list, but I took some pretty big issues with Alan Wake two as well. So that's my arguments. No, I think that's everything. I I, literally, I know gamer Zelda is the only one out of here he's played so. My problem oh, yeah. is, is that my my problem is, is that I know if I would have played Baldur's Gate three, I probably would have chose that, because it's... hands down, hands down, like I've been wanting to play that, and I have seen like a friend of mine play it. He it's showed an... me a bunch of stuff, and it looked awesome. It's an it incredible, some... it's an incredible game. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. I don't think. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. Well, I mean, every I mean that game is so large. Yeah. It's, and there's so many things that you can do, like. I don't, I don't know. I just, if I, if I personally had to choose anything, even without just knowing the little bits and pieces that I know of every single game, I mean, RE4, come on. Like we've, yeah. we've all played that game, the original at some point in time. Well, uh, that's like, <laughs> yeah, Mario RPG. Um, Baldur's Gate would probably be my, I don't my, even think it's choice. close. I think this is the most, like you can, you can yeah. call it. I think Baldur's Gate's going to win this one. There's so much. Talk I want to know. I want to know how Mario Wonder went on there. Like, that's that's. I mean, I like people Mario. Really games. loved it. Like, um, like critically, people were like ranking this as the best Mario game since Mario World. Uh, it just, uh, I got something. That. I mean, Nintendo. I don't think it's as good. It's good, but it's 
not that good. Nintendo mm. pulled out their checkbook. They wrote Keeley's name on it. <laughs> I mostly just max. I didn't get the um the holographic elephant card, so bump bump. That's my big problem with all this. I guess the elephant in the room is you not uh, getting your elephant. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. All right, we did it! Yay! I'm sure that was super engaging for everybody to watch. We went through more categories <laughs> than we probably should have, but yeah, we we did. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess I should also throw out there since we're you know rather than towards the end. But me and Gamer um on Thursday night are gonna uh, uh it goes live at what seven thirty the Game Awards. I watch it every year, Yay. so let me know if you can make it, Gamer. But I'll probably have the stream on by. I think I have it set to seven, so half an hour early. You can feel free to join in whenever you can. Uh, I'll, try, I don't think... I'll try to get there on time. Yeah, I don't know. Phoenix, I, if you don't have time, it's all right. No, I'm going to be prepping for the better award show. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was apparently supposed to have the Chazzies. Uh, if you don't know, our, our yearly, the best game award show. Uh, of the year the chassis we're going to be doing that at the i think it's somewhere at the beginning of january right january 5th i, I gotta look it up um, <laughs> i gotta remember you don't um, even know the date of it we said i think the it's second, january didn't we? did i say the second so we, we the do everything on tuesday we do oh, it yeah, on tuesdays that would, be the, that would be the second yeah Man, you gotta know the date of your own award show, Chaz. See, this is gonna be the best award show. You can already <laughs> tell from our uh, our method for prep. So, but yeah, I love it. If you guys are curious, um, I will probably post this. I'll actually in the um, description. I'll I post this. I will put the because uh, tomorrow night I'll work on the survey for everybody. Um, I'll put it in my comments on the channel, and also I'll put it. On, we'll put it on social medias and everything but uh yeah if you guys don't know the chances is our uh, yearly award we have where we talk about our favorite uh video game experiences tv show movie experiences and uh keep an eye out for that so we'll, we'll definitely looking forward to hearing what everyone has to say about anything on there you guys have anything to add it's also going to no. be in the peacock theater yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i don't think i can afford uh, well, Probably like the bathroom, the bathroom of the Peacock Theater. I can afford that probably. The back, the freaking alleyway. The alleyway behind the <laughs> Peacock Theater. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um. Oh, again. Also, I'll throw it out there. I am almost done with uh, my first Dragon Ball Z video. Keep an eye out for that within the next week or maybe two at the most, depending on how slow I go. But um. Yeah. Uh, that was the uh, our little holiday special. I guess I should apologize. Sorry, we didn't get to do an. Uh, I know last year we did what Home Alone for our mm -hmm. holiday special. Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't think I wanted to try and get us to do something else, but apparently uh, Phoenix has to spend time with his family and go out of go out of town. Finally, get a vacation. I don't have. I haven't had vacation in like two years, Chaz. You take one like every other weekend. <laughs> it seems like so. Yeah. You can be all fresh and relaxed. I need to. I need a break. We we all know his vacation is from us, not from work. He just had to get away from us. For it really before. is. Nah, I'm I'm <laughs> flying like five thousand miles away from you, jerk. So I don't have to hear from you for a while. Alrighty. So I don't know. Do you guys have anything? I know. Uh, I, I would like to not. Uh, Mario Wonder is next on my list. I don't want to start it until I finish Dragon Ball. But um, if I can squeak in Mario Wonder, that's the next game on my list. Do you guys have anything else you have planned uh, to going on before next episode? First thing we're playing? Yeah, movies, um, TV shows, games. I'm going to try to borrow your Mario RPG and we plan on the um, 
plane flight while I'm flying out of here. Um, okay. Beyond that, uh, the only other game I kind of want to play into the year, I was going to try really hard to do Final Fantasy 16. Um, just because I've been bashing it all year. It's a so. project. It's uh, I think for me it took like 35 hours, maybe 40. I think uh, 35. Too bad. 35, I think. Uh, it was either that or Baldur's Gate. And I don't Baldur's think Gate I sounds, Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate's a much bigger project, I think. That's a yeah, longer and, and, you know, I know we've been talking so much about Baldur's Gate being the game to play. Like, I feel like I've trashed Final Fantasy 16 so much without playing it that I need to give it its uh, fair shake. So that's you'll, know what early, I'll do. you'll know early on if you like it. First, I did five, try to. I did try to start getting into uh, Persona Tactica. Oh, okay. I just haven't, I don't know, it hasn't quite hooked me yet. It has this really weird, like, chibi art style that is not sitting right with me. I'll probably get over it, but it's uh, a little weird. But I do like Persona games, so we'll see. Maybe I'll hook in back into that, too. And I did decide, because uh, Phoenix would be happy, but last holiday season, my big game I played in the December time was Kingdom Hearts. I'm thinking about maybe doing two at the end of uh, this December. Maybe that. Have that you be... played through and finished two before? Nope, never played it. Two's the better one. Yeah, I, f I figured you would like that because I did last year during. Three's the worst one. December and I'll, I'll never play. I'll just skip that one. I think that's probably a good idea. It kind of ruined <laughs> the franchise for me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, as far as this month with games for me, I don't have much. I'm not until I finish Dragon Ball. Once I finish Dragon Ball, I'll come up. But that's like that's like my thing. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say before we head on out? Well, that's it. Have a happy holiday, everybody. Enjoy mm -hmm. some, uh, some family time for those who get to spend time with family. And enjoy the Game Awards with these two losers for five hours. And Yay. Good luck. So. <laughs> See, I don't think Gamer can, uh, he'll be able to, he'll go crazy by the end of the second second hour, I think. I hope someone passes by security and does another funny thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like. I would love uh, to I see you like. Somebody body slams some protester or something running up on stage or something. I, I want to see I want to see a Blanca like you know slam down on somebody. Zangief just pick him up and spiral him into the ground. Sure, why the heck not? <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, yeah, on screen there's some audio locations for the podcast, and also there's some social medias down in the comments of this video. Again, we'd love to hear uh, I don't know anything you might have about Scott Pilgrim Game Awards, any of those games we played. Um, I don't, that's another week of the Inner Chessman podcast. So, do you guys have anything to say? I think I asked it like five times. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you don't have anything to say? Oh my god. All right. Can, can I end this stream for us? How do I get that? <laughs> no. All right, everyone. We love you. Thank you so much. We will see you again. So, bye, everybody. <laughs>